Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sherrod, and this is episode 55. In this episode, I will be interviewing Coach Zach Safel, owner of Custom Built Strength. He's a strength coach, a football coach, family man, and living with a goal to help build up the community by teaching kids about strength and hard work. Um, this one's a real good one. we got a lot of good details. We actually were going back and forth. He was asking me stuff. I was asking him stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy, and let's get clean. What's up, man? Yo, Coach. Doing good. good. How are you? It's not bad, man. What you doing, doing today? Oh. Just watching a little bit of football. Oh, okay. Seeing Tampa Bay do what they do. Yeah, I don't watch football, so. <laughs> <laughs> you watch? You watching any of that showdown meet going on? No. So what? What? Tell me, tell me about that. I think some other look at the gym told me about it, and I'm like, I don't even follow along. I don't oh know. My God. Um, I don't know. It's just a powerlifting meet, but they got some pretty big names in there, and they so got, they giving uh, out good money, aren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they'd probably get around like 20k or something like that for was, it. What was that recent one? Um, that uh, Jamal Browner and a bunch of other guys. Competing hybrid or something like that, they gave away like twenty k. Yeah, there was women in. There was like th- it was like the top three or top two lifters in each weight class or something like that. And then it was and it was invite only, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what this one is. I think mm-hmm. it's like hybrid showdown or something because Jamal Browner's in there. Yeah, and then John Hack and uh, John Hack just benched like five hundred and eighty nine pounds at body like. He weighed like two oh four going into it. He like missed his he like missed his weight. He was supposed to be one ninety eight, but I'm like, this is ridiculous because he's benching a hundred pounds more than everybody else in there. What's his squat and deadlift? He squatted he squat his squat looked rough. It was like seven fifty or something like that. And then Jamal squatted like seven eighty nine pretty easy. Well, what is Jamal bench? Is Jamal bench five hundred? He benched like I think it was like four seventy or something like that. Four fit. I think it was like four fifty, four seventy. Now what is that other than deadlift? Because you know Jamal about to be, is close to that thousand, so like he can make up for anything in that bench with that deadlift. Yeah. Um. So he. So John just deadlifted like nine oh two or something a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then Jamal, if his grip holds up, he's gonna pull like. He might pull like a thousand. I'm sure he's always shooting for a thousand. Yeah, it's like this guy. Unbelievable. There's that one. Um, there's that one bald white guy that's that has glasses that's really young, and he's close to a thousand to deadlift as well. I can't remember his name. I don't. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh, you. You probably <laughs> seen him because he competed in that same meet against Jamal. I, I, yeah, I, I think I, he might be doing this one too because I did see a bald guy in there, but I didn't. I wasn't paying that's that gotta much attention. That's got to be him because he, he looks like a fucking monster. If I had if I had to pick a body that I would want to look like, it'd be his fucking, like, fucking legs are massive. Fucking, he's probably got at least like an 18, 19, 20, like, inch arms. He's probably like six foot. Fucking, oh, this, this is like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, these guys oh. just, like, make me realize where I'm at in my <laughs> life. And I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm just going to live, do what I can. <laughs> 
It made me um, want to get on the juice. Fuck, I know. That's that's what it came down to, dude. That's what it came down to for me. It's like I was pushing really hard for a while, and then yeah. like I talked to a buddy that was on some stuff, and I just like realized I was like, I'm not in the mental place to like do that. I don't want to commit to that right now. But yeah. at the same time, like I feel like everybody else I was watching on Instagram, like. <laughs> all their numbers just started shooing up like crazy like way past mine and i was like oh i was like oh i, I see what's going on i just I'm like but you I know it's suck. funny like i feel uh i mean i don't know how much true it is but i'm gonna listen to them because they probably know like dave it was on one i don't know if it was one of the table talks or a short video but he was talking about he's had lifters that were elite level and lifters that that were that were like intermediate intermediate and beginners and he was talking about like because it was basically the background of the server was just a, a beginner lifter that just wanted to hop on the sauce instead of addressing all the problems he had with his training and he was talking about when the dude did it just like the elite lifters if you do the calculations his totals only went up 10 percent so like i mean not wow. his total but uh each squat bench deadlift went up 10 percent. he said the same thing happened to the elite guy so that's why he's always like and i talked to anybody that i've had on the pod and they're just really experienced lifters, they'll be like, yeah, if you're going to do it, just know, I mean, it's obviously depending on how much. Like, and that, Dave said that too, you know, if you take just a moderate amount, you're going to get about that 10%. Now, obviously some people are willing to take off or don't even know they're going to take off 20 years of their fucking life, yeah. pumping like a million amount. But if you just take a reasonable amount, it's only going to give you like that 10% more. So like when I look at my numbers, 10% more is not the numbers that I want like overall. So yeah, they always are like, yeah, get as good as you can, fix all the problems that you know are wrong, or find someone that can help you do that, and then get to a high, high level, and then do it. But if you're like a shitty lifter, he was like, you're just gonna be slightly less shitty. And I was like, that <laughs> yeah. makes perfect sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's I... always like sleep, eating, all that, yeah, hydration, like do that first and train for a while. Because like for me, it's like I've only been now powerlifting for a year and a half. Oh, wow. like done being playing basketball, so it's like. You got to go through the actual plateaus, get actually used to like maxing out, like now learning how to do a free squat and not just box squat. Like that's going to just take time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing is you really would have to be really plateaued out to do that. Yeah. And like most people aren't like, like plateaued, like once you, you'll slow down to where it's five or 10 pounds gain in a year, but you're still not like fully, fully plateaued. Like, I think I heard Dave talk about not beating his total for like three years one time <laughs> yeah. during his career. Like he went three years without being able to beat his total. And then like eventually he beat it. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, rough. But that, that's I, what a real plateau is like. Yeah. I mean, because it's like for me, it's like I'm at, at the point where like shit's getting harder to get stronger just because like I'm out. So like you have like the beginning beginner lifter gains right and but yeah. you're like playing sports so you can't ever be as strong as you want but then since i've done play playing i've gained like 80 pounds on my dead and like 40 50 pounds on my squat and like uh what is it 40 pounds on my bench but now that's like i feel like that's like my strictly into powerlifting those are my beginner gains so now it's like i actually have to fight and be like shit has to be way more partic- meticulous now you know Yes. So I'm always, when people like, like, I, there's some people in my gym, like, yeah, just get on. And I'm like, bro, no, I'm just going to be yeah. slightly less shitty. There's still like, my dead is what? So I gained 10%. It goes from six to 650. Okay. The state record for, I'm in the 242 class. 
The yeah. state record for the 198 now is 750. Like, why would I uh, get yeah. dogs more? Dudes it's are like, benching four five hundred as a state record. Like, <laughs> yeah, <the> it's <laughs> like I'm I'm a ways out anyways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know, dude. I I I heard like Dan Bell. You know who Dan Bell is? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And like a couple other people were talking just about like they couldn't have babies anymore, or or they were talking about getting off so they could have babies. I shouldn't even name drop right. like that, but it was on another podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I thought anyways, and, and that, that she was like, "Yeah, you 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 gonna definitely wait at least to after that point because yeah, we think we're probably gonna be starting soon." So it's like, no, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, want to be so... like looking at myself like, "Fuck, yeah, now this is all my fault." <laughs> well, and I'm just like, is it? Is it like worth commit? Like, yeah, I don't know what other biological damage is happening. Like, we know babies aren't gonna happen during if you're on it, but like, I don't know. I just don't want to sign up for that yet. So, so we'll see. Well, probably not. But how long know. have you been competing? So I don't, I don't compete anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I competed the first time I competed. I was in high school, so yeah. that would have been like two thousand eight probably so yeah. it's been a while so um and that was just a fluke um because i was i was a football player and mm-hmm. so me and my buddies were just kind of meatheads and just lifted really hard and then there was our state doesn't like powerlifting is not really a big thing here for especially if they don't have like high school powerlifting teams or anything right. but they had like they'll get all the football teams together and basically see who's the strongest Mm-hmm. and so the meets that i did were like a squat bench power clean oh for, sure. yeah for for some reason and i from what i understand that's pretty common like in a lot of states so they'll they think the power clean's like safer than the deadlift for really? some reason and so <laughs> yeah the, yeah the they, videos would say otherwise <laughs> yeah yeah you could i'm sure you could find plenty of it it's just I swear, because it's called deadlift, like people think it's scary. <laughs> but but anyway, so I did that back when I was in high school. Just did probably three meets or so, mm-hmm. and then then kind of got away from it for a while. I was I was still lifting and kind of went down a sort of like a bodybuilding path, and then just recently, a few years ago, I started getting back into more like powerlifting, targeting the big three trying to push numbers and stuff like that um oh let's backtrack just tell everybody who you are what you do and everything oh um yeah, yeah so my name's zach safel um i live in ogden utah i'm a strength ogden? coach ogden where the hell that is it's like uh it's about 20 minutes no 40 minutes north of salt lake city okay and so i don't know not not a lot of people know a whole lot about utah. <laughs> So that so, anyways, um, yeah, I'm a strength coach. I'm a football coach also, and uh, I'm a machinist. So that's my machinist is my full time job, and mainly what feeds the family. And then the football coach, I kind of just started as a hobby thing. I wanted to help people out in the community, help kids, mm-hmm. and and then just over the last couple of years, I started really pursuing the strength stuff, and then. About three, four months ago, I I finally like opened my gym, training people out of my garage. How did you get to the point where you able to open the open the gym in the garage? Like, did you already have some equipment, or did you start getting a few because you knew you were going to do that? 
So it was kind of it kind of all just happened like like naturally. I didn't I didn't have like a long term plan. Um, I was doing the football thing, and then I kind of felt like a lot of kids were really weak. <laughs> like mm-hmm. looking back looking back to looking at the numbers they were doing and thinking about those numbers that me and people I knew were putting up in high school. And mm. so I, I started getting back in. That was kind of what made me start pushing my numbers again was just like, Hey, if I show them, like maybe it'll help inspire them and they'll start pushing harder and realize they can be strong too. Right. And uh, anyways, then I just deep took a deep, deep dive into conjugate training and COVID came around and like I had already I had like a bench press and a barbell and like 300 pounds just like typical typical dad set up in their garage <laughs> like did you had the bench like, that the damn sticks to unpack like real close or did you have like good it, it was wide I actually yeah it was actually kind of like a co- competition bench that I got from the high school and it was like okay. free and it was it was pretty sick because it was like the first bench I benched 300 pounds on so it was oh, like really? okay yeah, it was like a relic in my garage at the time. But anyways, COVID came around and like I saw all the gyms closing down early. I was like, I'm pretty sure they're just going to shut this down because I knew some people in Italy at the time. And that's what they were saying was happening. And mm-hmm. So I just started buying like I bought a squat rack and just started picking up a few things for my gym. And then eventually kind of just started accumulating more and more. And it got to where I'm like, man, I. I should really just start training people out here. Like I have everything, have everything I can do. I think, I think where in Utah, we don't have strength coaches. So we don't have like a, yeah, it's pretty crazy. None of the high schools have like full-time strength and conditioning coaches. And uh, I saw like a open window and I just felt like that's something I could do in the community that could really help out sports around here. They're like, we're way behind on all that stuff here in Utah. Where do you, uh, where do you, like, where, what do you have now in the garage? Like, what have you added besides the squat rack and the bench? Um, so I actually, so that rack I originally had, I got rid of, it was like, it was like your cheap, like Amazon, $200. Dick sporting goods type. Piece of shit, yeah. <laughs> and then, so now I have, I got a, a rep, it's called the PR 4000. It's got mm. like West Side spacing on it. So I have that. Um, What's got, West Side spacing on? What's that? They call it West Side Spacing when the whole, um, through like the bench rat pool area, the holes are only one inch apart. Oh, yeah. I wish, yeah. Because it's hard to be like, we pull off a pin one, pin two, pin three, like on their posts. And I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean with my elite FTS rack where every hole was like two or three, I think, apart? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's way different, like, from, from rack to rack. And so, yeah, like, I'll look at their pin three, pin four, and I'm like, I don't even know if it's the same as my pin three, pin four. Right. But it's pretty close. So, yeah, the west side spacing just has that midsection where you see a whole bunch of holes stacked right on top right. of each other. Right. So you can pretty much – you have finer adjustments, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so I have that. Um, I bought some – I have jammer arms for it. I have monolift arms for it, and then I have like quite a few specialty bars. Um, I got I got like a rogue eco bike in there that I will use to like warm kids up on, and then I got an assault runner. It's like one of those. It's kind of like, I think I've heard you mention them before. You know the it's like a self driven treadmill. Oh, the tread like the tread foot. 
it's kind of like a tread. I wanted a tread sled, and then I saw what tread sleds cost, and so <laughs> yeah. then I went with this thing. It's kind of they're like the woodways. They're called that's woodways. what we have. We had the woodway tread sled. That's what we have. Yeah, so it's not as good as like the one Jared has or uh, Zingo even has, where um, like it's it's not as wide, you know. And I think I don't know if the resistance is the same. That's but what they I don't come with that big about. ass thick belts. Like their belts are kind of like they're kind of like bougie looking. You know what I mean? They're not made for no three hundred pound lineman, but you want kind of that though. But it gets yeah. the job done though. <laughs> Yeah, to me, that's what Zingler's strength kind of what helped push me to want to get one of those because I saw him, like, his kids are lifting their jump on the tread, uh, tread sled, bust out a sprint, and then go back to lifting. And I was like, we had pretty harsh winters here. And I was right. like, I got to be sprinting kids during the winter time. And so that's, like, actually, like, probably the most expensive piece of equipment I have is that thing. Um. But anyways, yeah, I got like I got a safety squat bar, one of the elite FTS ones. I've got that elite elite FTS, that um, American multi grip bar, multi grip camber bar. Yeah, we just got that one. Yeah, that's nice. I love that thing so much. For kids, I think it's big too because the ones that fail out the chest, I think it's still triceps. So it's perfect. yeah. I even like it on myself because I get a little bit more range of motion, so it feels like I'm getting a little extra mobility, but then I'm still hammering the triceps at the bottom and I'm not in like the, cause we have the bow bar too, but with the bow bar, I just feel like it's so hard to not make let your elbows flare out. So it's like you get the depth, but you don't get the shoulder pain and you work your triceps. It's like the perfect bar, except it weighs 38 pounds. I don't know what the hell the buck, what's up with that shit. <laughs> yeah, that thing's, yeah. I mean, that thing's just sweet. It's, you can use it for rows. You can use it for benching. Mm-hmm. You can like put it on top. I've seen a, you know, JC Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen him put. He has one like that, and he'll put it on top of his rack and have his kids do like neutral grip pull ups on it. Oh, okay. We and, we have the racks with the pull ups. So yeah, I've I got. We use it. I've seen people do that shit so too. Yeah, <laughs> but just for benching, it makes a lot of sense. Like for especially for football players and probably even baseball players because they're you're trying to keep their shoulders safe in season. Yeah. So it like brings them in. It's like almost impossible. I swear to hurt your shoulders doing those. What about like, um, do you have reverse hyper or anything? Oh, uh, that's, that's one of my, that's somewhere I'm lacking in. I don't have a reverse hyper right now. Um, no belt squat. No belt squat. I can though, if I want to take those jammer arms, I have like, you can change out some of the attachments on it and mm. use it as a belt squat. Yeah, but it's just like it's kind of time consuming to do it, right. so I don't yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like I gotta pull out a wrench and a socket wrench and sitting there undoing no, bolts, no. and I'm like, no, I ain't, no. I ain't doing this no. at all when I'm training kids. No. no. Um. So <laughs> I have a I have a 45 degree back extension though. Okay. Yeah. And, it. Yeah, and I kind of got that. Jim Wendler kind of inspired me to that. He has one and swears by it, and. I was like, a lot of kids I know can't even do like a, like a GHD. They can't even do like a full Nordic or anything like that yeah. on there. So if I just throw them on the forty-five degree hyper and I can load them up quite a bit of weight and just have them do that, like I can make their back pretty strong doing that thing. Yeah, I think also like um, when you first get kids, sometimes it takes more often not they're not going to get 
what you're saying or even visually understanding the reverse hyper, but they can do the 45 degree back extension. And more often than not, you're going to get more kids that are like not doing enough weight in the squats and deadlifts to be like, oh, we need a lot of traction based shit. It's like, no, we just need to get their low back strong. So it's like 45 yeah. degrees does so much of the job. Yeah, it's that thing's sweet. And I, I have the kids hitting that thing every single week, like if not twice a week. Mm-hmm. They just they just don't have a lot of low back strength. I don't I don't know if like 20 or 30 years ago you would have looked at kids and it would have been the same. But I know right now kids like so many kids have low back injuries all the time or their back just hurts them. And I think it's probably just from sitting down so much. Yeah, they, I think it is getting worse because like they're not as active as as we used to. And uh, like so many, so much of the emphasis is academic. So even after school, like they're not doing PE and recess no more or to the extent like how we did. And then it's like in the afternoon, half the time they're either not playing a sport or if they're playing a sport, they're cutting into extra stuff with a strength coach because they got to do SAT and ACT in eighth grade. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I love that thing. Um, I've seen Chuck, Chuck Vogelpool, Vogelpool used to use the hell out of it. <laughs> um, I want to get a reverse hyper, mm. but it's like, I got to decide I'm pretty limited on space. So I have like a one car garage. So it's probably, I'm probably working in like three to 400 square feet. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty tight in there. What, um, um, do you have a jump mat yet? Oh my God. So I just ordered one. There you last, go. Yeah. I just ordered I was, one. I was, was going to say that's before the, that's even before the reverse hyper. Yeah. My wife's going to kill me because she don't know yet, but she, she's going to listen <laughs> to this probably. <laughs> <laughs> but i got yeah yeah um yeah i got one of those it's supposed to come in i'm hoping it's here within the next week or two but mm-hmm. we'll see like their website's kind of weird man i don't know if you ever looked at it no because <laughs> so i work for my boss who owns the gym that i train at so i, I don't order shit he just talks to me usually because me and him are the only west side guys in there so he's always talking to me before pissing off his wife before he orders more shit because he's always ordering shit. So he's like, well, we could do this and we could do that. So I just know the prices of both shit, but I've never seen their website, no. Yeah, it's like it's like a dot org or something like that. And then <laughs> you have to use PayPal only and it's like the, the wow. site. Yeah, and then like I didn't get like a confirmation email. <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, you, <laughs> you know Wyndham County Strength? Yeah, 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 yeah. His name, uh, Mike over there, like, he just ordered one, too. And so I was, like, messaging him. I'm like, hey, man, like, did you get a confirmation or anything? I'm starting to wonder where I just sent a bunch of money to. And he's like, no, I didn't. But they just emailed me and said they got parts, so it's going to be on the way. So, And then they told me the same thing. So I guess they're just having shipping issues. Did you, um, do you have Tendo Tendo units? No. I, I want one. I mean, that, that's going to be one of those. You use it all the time? Yeah. So I don't use it on my benches because I do brief maximum tension for my benches for everybody. And uh-huh. Jared, when I talk to Jared, he's like, I don't use the Tendo unit for that. I just worry about them trying to get more reps with the same weight or up in the weight. So I don't really care about the speed. Because especially with the bench, you know, like they can't – the speed is just not going to be the same as their squat. So he doesn't even worry about that. And I have like the same thing, especially um, like – the, the way our kids come in usually, well, at least my, my athletes, they're so staggered with upper body, lower body. 
it's good. Like we only, I only, we only have one ten mil unit, so it's like it's good that at least on upper body day, I don't even need it. Um, yeah. But for the squats, it's like, whoo! Now all of a sudden, you know, the kids aren't being lazy, like because I know for the most part what that point six, point seven, or point eight, whatever I want needs to look like, but the kids have no clue. So, and then you can see the competition gets a little bit higher when they're squatting together. So it's like, yeah, I want one bad. That's that's one of those things that'll probably be down the road eventually. I'm sure I'll have one. There's um, shittier ones though that work pretty good. I know that though too. Like you don't have to pay the. I think it's like nine something for a tendo unit, but they have ones okay. for like two fifty five or seven. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'd be interested. I was interested in that. Have you seen that gym aware thing? It's the one that's blue and black. It's a square box. Is that is that right? I don't. So I think you just put it on the barbell. Or is it the iPad? The iPad. Thing, so like you have iPad. like an iPad, and then you just it looks like almost Ooh, like a collar. Oh, like okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it looks like about. looks like a collar you put on there, and then it tracks like all kinds of stuff. And I was thinking about doing one of those, but I was just looking at the price. And I was what's like, it say? No, what's what's I, the price? I think it said like three thousand with the full. Oh system. hell no! Yeah, oh, but just get the ten like, for nine. Fuck I know. I thought it was no like. Way. I bet you it's not even more accurate. I bet you they just got in with the colleges. The colleges like you got your little iPad and all that shit. Fuck that. Uh, first, yeah. The first thousand something is the iPad. So I don't need the damn iPad. The kids need to see it. I don't really, because like, I'm not, I'm only tracking like the data week to week and then I'm changing the bar and the data is new. Like all I'm seeing is based on last week. Can you up the weight? I'm not actually putting it into the computer and then fucking looking at it. Like, bro, who's doing that? So you yeah. don't need all that. Like, they, that's yeah. just an upsell. Like, no. Yeah, I saw like, so Travis, Trav, you know Travis Nash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was using one of those, and, like, he was posting all kinds of sick stuff, and it looked all fancy, and I was like, man, that, that thing looks pretty cool. But then I just started thinking about it, and I'm like, man, I just need that number. I just need that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I just need that one number. Like, I don't need to be carrying an iPad around looking at, like, the bar travel four inches left and three <laughs> inches right. And I don't get You can see that. I guess that type of shit is I brought. I can see that. number. I think so much of it, too, we deal with the young kids. Yeah. We really only need it to make them see if they're moving it slow or fast. We don't actually need to track the like you also don't have time. If you're working with the Olympic track star and you're training him by himself and you're getting paid your two hundred fifty thousand a year and you're talking about increasing the top one percent by one point one percent, that type of shit matters. With yeah. a fucking high school kid that just learned how to walk <laughs> out the weight properly after his first week, you don't need all that. Like yeah. that's too de- that's too detailed for someone that doesn't need all that. Like for sure. <laughs> so I think, yeah, attend on units planned down the road. I just, I, I keep saying I'm going to wait a little while before I buy more stuff. And then, so I bought that assault, assault runner. And then like a couple months later, I'm like, dude, I got to get that jump mat. <laughs> like, I got to start measuring these verts. It's killing me. Not are being you able doing, to see do them. you have box jumps or anything? Or are you not doing any? Like, are you not so doing I'll do all? like, I have like a short, basically plyo box. Mm-hmm. So I'll have them do like, dumbbell box jumps right do right. like like a short depth depth jump into a broad jump so okay but, but right now broad jumps are like the majority of what, what but you do it mostly football anyway right yeah so their broad is big anyway so yeah their broad's pretty huge for for football so yeah we always i broad jump them pretty often i'll put yeah. i'll put a band around their waist too for a lot of the training stuff and then hit broad jumps that way 
Have you done any uh, off the knee stuff? So I, I haven't started implementing that yet, but I'm planning on it. Um, I really I guess, just would stick it to the light, you know, the lighter kids. And if the big guy's really strong, but he has to be mobile too. You can quickly kind of get hurt with the knee shit. Like yeah. I've never had anybody under me get hurt. But I know from doing it when I was still playing, if I was like as heavy as I am now, I try to do like off the knee with like max dumbbell weight or max height, like that's just kind of rough. But like for the light kids, oh yeah, they can do it. Once they do yeah. it once, they get off that scare factor because they think they're gonna like tear their ACL. It's like no, you're just jumping onto your feet. It's not that big a deal. It's yeah. like smooth sailing because it's just another variation that you don't need a bunch of equipment for that you can get other measurable results from. You know? Yeah, that's one I'm I'm planning on starting to throw in. I just have like so many of my kids. Their their training age is like hardly anything at all. Like probably, mm -hmm. I bet the average training age in there is basically since they started with me. So four <laughs> months. So I've got, I mean, some of them have they've lifted in the gym like messing around, or they've, I don't know, basically done curls and bench press and stuff. <laughs> I don't, I only have a couple of them that have been serious lifters for a while. So I'm just slowly introducing stuff and making it more complex as we go. But a lot of it, I'm just like, man, I I got to get these kids jumping, I got to get them squatting, got to get them pulling some weight, and then I need a work more on building up all their jumping abilities. Um, so what, what, uh, what coaching role do you have with the football team? Uh, I'm a linebacker coach. So I coach linebackers for our varsity. Um, I've been a defensive guy like my whole life. So, and I was a linebacker. So I just ended up falling into that role there. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. Cause that so I actually coach at the same high school I went to, Ooh. and uh, football did a lot for me growing up. I think I think basically saved my life. So I just wanted I wanted to give back to the kids. Hopefully, Ooh. hopefully help change some lives too. Like some of the coaches that I had changed mine. What um, um how how was it like getting kids to come to your gym? So that was kind of. So that was kind of weird just because I wasn't sure. I didn't really think I was going to have any kids from our high school because we have like at our high school, it's it's pretty split down the middle. Like there's a lot of poverty, but then right on the other side, there's like a bunch of kids whose parents are doctors. Um, right. Anyway, so I wasn't planning on having kids from our school, but then all of a sudden, like a few of them just started to say they wanted to do extra training and then... You mean for none, I, right? Because you said they don't, they don't they like weight trainers. Yeah, they they had some. They just hadn't taken it seriously. Like they weren't – they would lift like in football class when football class was. So like if they weren't – if that wasn't a high priority to them, like they would just get their two lifts in and then and then not focus on it enough until next football season comes around. Right. And so so anyway, um, the I started with – let's see, one guy – his son was a linebacker or is a linebacker. And uh, he saw, he followed me on Instagram and he just saw there was one kid I was working with already. And uh, he just decided to send his son over. And then another uh, girl I know that's a teacher at the school, she has kids that go to a different school. And so she ended up, she sent all three of her kids to me. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so now, 
so then our head coach actually reached out to me and wanted to his son to train with me and it's just starting to grow pretty fast like i've got i started like three months ago i don't i don't really do any hard sales or marketing and i'm at i've got like 12 or 13 kids now hmm. so so not i mean i'm not at like i'm not like grindhouse or anything well he got a big Blake got a big ass facility so and yeah. you just started, so that's good. So fourteen is fourteen. Yeah, so so that's that's going pretty good. And I actually just got another kid yesterday. His dad has been a head football coach at another school in the area for like the last five years too. So it's kind of cool having these guys that they're so well connected in this industry yet they trust me enough to send their kids over here to train with me out of my little one car garage. Um so so uh for let's start with um rep range for max effort day like how often are you doing singles versus doubles triples fours fives so we do like so i'll do like a four week wave on there for for working up to a single Mm -hmm. um so i'm not doing like your regular conjugate max effort every single week Mm -hmm. um just because i want to get them so i i wrote i don't rotate their bars every week either so we'll I'll put in a new bar and then get them used to it for a little while. And we'll build up like kind of like a five, three, one. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm pretty comfortable testing them on that fourth week. But for the most part, we're doing a lot of, a lot of doubles and triples for Matt's effort work. Okay. So now when you're doing that, the first three weeks before the fourth week, when you do the single, are you doing like multiple sets of five or four or three, or are you doing working up to a five rep max? And then the next week four, the next week three, or whatever, how are you doing? Yeah, so I'll, I'll work them up to like a five rep max, three rep max, and then it usually ends up being like a, like a two or a three on the third week, and then test them on the fourth week and see what they're at. So, um, one thing I do, one thing I do differently though, is I kind of, I work with, I'll put a lot of AMRAPs in. So I'll work okay. them up heavy to like, probably like a 80, 85, 90%. But then I come back down and I'll throw in one or two AMRAPs just so we're getting extra volume. What like percentage all these, of that max will you use? Probably like a 55, 60, 65. Mm. And... And for that, it's just I feel like they need they need extra volume and they need to try and put on some size. Right. So I'm just like I I got to do something to put extra work in there. And with my own training over the years, I've kind of done that a lot too. So working up to that that 80, 85, 90 percent range, and then coming back down and then hitting like one or two AMRAP sets, and it's and it's worked really well for me. And oh, now what about the bench? Are you doing the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I do that on the bench and then just try and I'll just try and pull the bar before they start like getting close to failure. Like I, I want to take them to a technical breakdown, right. but not let them fail all the way or not, not fight through reps too much. Um, now for your dynamic day, are you doing dynamic effort? Or are you doing like brief maximum tension? It's more like brief maximum tension. Um, I just I I don't know. I I like dynamic effort, but 
I also I feel like they need they just need some weight on the yeah. bar and they just need to they need to hit reps. So I kind of like a five by five or like four by six or three sets of five, something like that for dynamic dynamic day. So it's yeah. not dynamic day. It's just a second but day. That day but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then I'll I'll have them do more jumps on that day. Now, what percentage are you doing? Are you doing like Jared? You see if they can do 85 and then they can do it, you go up. Or if they can't, you go down if they can't maintain speed. How do, how do you do it? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take them around to like 85. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to increase them probably like 5 to 10% over, over that month that they're over that four week cycle that they're doing. So I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have like a set one that they have to do a set percentage, but I want to take them heavy to where it's like, they're, they're going to struggle and then take them back down. Now, are you working up to the top set at that 85 or do you try to get to the 85 and do all the sets of that weight? I, I, I try and do all the sets of that weight at 85. So, but I will say, so I did, we are doing speed work right now. It's a dynamic effort. And it's just because I tested them like, like a month, a month ago. And they all, they were all moving pretty slow. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I kind of would do with my training too. Um, If I felt like the bar speed was slowing down or I was just grinding stuff out, then I'll put dynamic work in to try and get like more speed. Okay. And then work, and then work back into more like repetition effort type stuff or brief maximal tension. Um, on your second lower body day, are you doing pulls on that day as well, or do you only do pulls on their max effort days or as an accessory? So most, so this is kind of problematic. So most, I don't have anybody that comes four days a week. Mm-hmm. So I, so a lot of it, um, a lot of them are doing like two days a week or three days a week. Mm-hmm. So I end up doing, I'll alternate the max effort. So if they're going to do like max effort squat, then the next week they'll do like a max effort pull for their main movement. Um, so, but then how do you, with that five, three, one principle, how are you doing that if you're switching the max effort each week? So let's see. So I'll just, so they don't, so they, they'll still hit both main movements. So I'll, I'll squat and pull them in the same day. So then they'll, they'll do their five, three, one on one and then work them up on the other. Or like this week, for instance, next, uh, tomorrow, they're going to work up to a max on the cambered bar on squat. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, we just, I just barely introduced speed or sumo to them. Mm-hmm. And so then they're going to, once they're done with their max effort cambered, then they're going to hit speed work on sumo pulls right after that. So what happens if you pull first? Do you do the same thing with the squat yeah. after? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm just kind of handicapped by that. Like I, because they're the high school boys, at least they're only two days a week and they, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a really weird situation with them because they actually, they lift two days at the school every week. And so 
I'm alternating. So they have a program they run with their coach and I'm watching their program and I'm sort of undulating their program based off of what they're doing over there. Right. So it's, it's pretty complex with them because they're running like they're doing a basic linear program at the high school. Right. So <laughs> they do that in their class. And then I have to look at it and like try and figure out how I can give them conjugate performance work on top of what they're doing there. What about connective tissue work? Um, just we'll do like tricep extensions, um, a lot of banded tricep extensions, uh, banded hamstring curls. How many um, days a week? I'll just, I'm just doing that. So if they're doing upper, they're going to do their triceps on their upper day. And then if they're doing lower, they're going to do their hamstrings on their lower day. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you do for sets and reps for that? Probably like, so just like three sets of 25. If I can get them to 50, I will. But like sometimes they're just, they're dying out before they get to 50. <laughs> they're just like, they're just like, this is miserable. I hate this, but. But I'm like, you guys got to do it. We got to keep your hamstrings safe, keep your elbows feeling good. So what about the tread set? How much, how often, what's the set, the reps, or the time, and the distance? How do you do that? So I'll – so they they do that once a week. Um, and I will – I can take them to, like, whatever the max speed is on that thing. Mm -hmm. But if I do that – then it ends up being it's like a lot of volume. I don't mm -hmm. I don't know how it how much, but it's right around. They're almost doing an eighty or a hundred yard dash when they do that. Right. Um, so I've taken them up and I'll test their mats. But then right now I just have them hitting like like a four sets of three seconds, five sets of three seconds, um, four sets of two, six sets of two. So instead of just trying to get it moving. So I'll actually, I'll put them in like a get off or a starting sprint type position and then just hit the stopwatch and they just tr got to try and go as hard as they can for two or three seconds. And then I tell them to hop off. So you have the thing already starting? Is that what you said? No. Before they... No, I just have them kind of load up like you would if you were getting ready to run a sprint. So I, when I run them, their hands are on the railings. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm kind of trying to use it like how you see people use the tread sled, but right. it's not a tread sled, so it looks a little bit different. I haven't uh, done it with the hands on the railing. I bet you that would make them run run harder. So half the time they're oh, trying not to fall. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Need, well, yeah, because I don't need. I don't even run them without their hands on it. Yeah. Like if if they want to, I'll be like, okay, try it, and then if you fall, it's your fault. Because <laughs> like, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they'll try it, and, like, then you'll see. Once they start getting as fast as they can, they'll have, like, a little misstep and then, then almost fall off. And I'm like, I yeah. don't – so for safety, I don't really like them doing that. Um, but also, like, you can't, you can't do, like, a, a max two- or three-second sprint with your hands off on that thing yeah. the, way that it, the way that it moves because it's, like, you got to be able to drive the belt back. And you, you sort of have to get the belt going before you can do that. But then if you put your hands on it, then you can, like, load up and just take off as fast as you want on it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so – and, yeah, so that's what I do for their acceleration stuff. I'm just, like, I want you to – hands on. So most importantly, I'm just caring – I just care about them 
continually running and not dropping running out of their program and just making sure that they're hitting it and trying to be as explosive as they can for those first two or three or four seconds. What day of the week do you have them run? I'll have them do it on their upper day. So max effort or their dynamic? On their, on their max effort upper day. Okay. So I just – I would have them do it before they squat, but I don't want to fry them before they squat. Because <laughs> right. it – yeah, because it takes quite a bit out of them. But, I mean, I think it'd be fine to do that. I don't I don't think it would be much of an issue. I actually have one kid that just hopped on there after doing dynamic squat once. Like, I didn't tell him to. He just did it. And then he actually hit broke his PR right after doing it. So he's just looking to see how fast, what's their top speed on it. That's what you're trying to do. So, so not all – when I'm doing, like, the four sets of two or three, I'm not mm-hmm. looking to see what their top speed is. I just want them getting short sprints in. But mm-hmm. if if I want to see their top speed, then I'll just let them get it moving and take it up as fast as they can go. Oh, okay. And so he did that on a fluke, and, yeah, he ended up, like, breaking his PR on whatever the mile per hour says on there. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking there's probably, like, a post-activation thing happening with that when he did that. So I don't know. Um, it's pretty, pretty <clears throat> weird. Jumps, how many – how many days a week and uh, do you do only max effort or do you do like a set amount of sets of reps uh, scheme? For their broad jumps, probably just once a month, they're going to do like a max effort just to get a measurement, see where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and it's just one day a week that I'm jumping those kids. Okay. Um, and so I'll hit them, I'll put like, do the band resisted broad jumps for like four sets, five sets, and then I'll either have them do singles or doubles. So I'll just have them hit one and then walk back and hit another one. And then, and total jumps, it's around like between 12 and 20 because it's, because it's just like one day a week that I'm jumping up. If yeah. I had them four days a week, I think I would probably be more at like that probably 30 to 40 range. Right. Um, and then do you, if you, what was the other jump? You said you did another one, uh, not the depth to broad, but you said something else like the, like the, the box jump with the dumbbells. Are you doing that for a max or is it for sets and reps too? That that's for sets and reps. Okay. So I usually keep the reps pretty low, like sets, uh, four sets of four, five sets of four, five sets of three. And I just have them, I'll have them do that after doing their squat work. So whatever whatever lower move they're doing, then just as an accessory, I'm going to have them do that jump work, like dumbbell jumps. But once I get the, once I get the jump mat in, a lot of this jump stuff's going to change for me. <laughs> yeah. So I, dumbbell I, jumps. Yeah, I need to get – did Jared – did he make his book yet? Well, it's done. He just has to get the copyright for the design for the front cover, and then I think he has to finish the self-publishing, but it's all written and edited, he said. So so whenever that happens, I got to get my hands on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know exactly everything that he's doing over there. I still got to listen to – his presentation and 
and the rest of your presentation on that conjugate thing that you guys did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get you right. I mean, I also just listen to, like, well, it's hard to decipher through his pod, but I don't. I feel like I'm not trying to brag, but listen to the one that when I interviewed him and came to his gym because that was, like, two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. There's a lot of gold in there because I, I knew what questions had not been asked. So Man, I, I listened to it out. while I was working, and I was like, I was so I had just been listening to your podcast and then stumbled into that one. I didn't know who Jared was or explosive mechanics. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. And this is like, I don't know, maybe five, six months ago. And I was just like, holy, this dude's this dude's a genius. So <laughs> so I was like, so I need to revisit it. I probably I really have probably listened to it twice, but I probably need to revisit it with like a notepad and mm-hmm. go over it because like he just he puts out so much information while he's talking that <laughs> i'm like man i just it's hard to photographically remember all this stuff but that dude's awesome that's pretty cool that you you have a close relationship with them yeah i've been down what was it i think i've been to his gym twice now i actually need to call him to see if he's going to be open tomorrow because i may go because i i think i'm going to be on a shorter schedule but um, and then, yeah, he's spoken at the first year and this year at my seminar. So, um, Jared's a really cool dude. And obviously, like you said, so damn knowledgeable. <laughs> I know. Him like, and Bird, I mean, telling you. Yeah, when when he talks, I'm just like, I can't believe how much information he recalls in the way that <laughs> – the way he does. Like, I was – I've been reading through science and practices, strength training, and I'm just like – I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know how these you have to read it four or five times to You mean you mean super training. That's science of practice is not bad. Super training is yeah. fucking a big bitch. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I haven't even started that one yet. Oh god, Which, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I read it once. I don't know if I've ever picking that bitch up again. <laughs> I know, I just keep hearing horror stories and I'm like <laughs> I oh actually did the front to back cover, which is some suggest no, you're not supposed to do that. But I feel like uh, I'm not. I, I feel like I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna pick my spots. I'd rather it's gonna be too hard to keep track than I read everything. I'm just gonna read it, and guess what? I'll have to reread it again. Because yeah. Jared's read. He's on his. He j- he just finished his third time, so he says he buys a new copy every time, and he adds his highlights from the previous one he did. So he says now he thinks he has it perfectly highlighted for everything that actually pertains to this team sports. Because, you know, you wow. got to sift through a bunch of the science just bullshit and yeah. then all the shit that has to do with, like, elite track runners, not kids that can't squat 135 and how do you get them to 500, you know? So it's like yeah. you got to sit. I feel like two, like at least 200 pages, you don't even need to know, but you got to sift through it first to even find out that. That's yeah. the hard part. And it's fine print. Oh, God. That shit double spaces a 1,000 pages, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, when I, whenever I start it, it's going to be, like, highlighter – I don't think I would try and read it front to back. I think I like my brain would just be like I. Eventually, I would just be reading and then thinking about other stuff while I was reading. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> does happen. That does. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I just tried to do when I started banging it out. Like I did, what did I do? I did the first hundred pages. I did it in like a few weeks, and then I literally did not touch it again for like eight months. And then when I bought, paid for the special strength cert. I was like, all right, I got to start reading again. I just did 10 minutes a day. I mean, 10, 10 pages a day. Because 10 pages takes you an hour if you actually that's, try to digest it. And that's yeah. the only way I got it. And I was like, 
I'm not reading anymore, but I got to try not to read any less. And obviously there was like days or like a week where I didn't read any, but like, that was the only way I got it done when like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's on the list. That's for sure on the list of one that I got to attack. I just, man, man, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it eventually. But yes, yeah, I mean, hearing the way he recalls stuff sometimes, I'm just like, this is nuts, man. But did you read a uh, science of sports training yet by Kurtz? No, that may be that, that, and I want to say science of sports training may be even better than science and practice because science of sports training has a lot of the sciencey stuff that kind of still applies to more everyone, but he puts it in layman's terms. I think science of practice goes into more just the training part, but like I love science of sports training because he went into like times of the day to eat before and after working out, uh, organizing like massage, cryotherapy, electric stim, jacuzzi, sauna around your workouts. Oh, um, nice. Went into all the differences in meso and microcycles, but like really dumbs it down. Like you could tell it's a really, really fucking smart person, but like made it, okay, this is like simplified way. And it's only like 300 something pages. So it's not as big as, super training but it's way more okay here's what you need to know like you could like super training i want to know how long it took his ass to write that book because it, it it seems as if he didn't leave any detail possible unturned in that book like he just kept yeah. going on and on and on I'm, i mean God he, he probably spent 20 or 30 years putting this <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows it was probably just building and building i don't and I don't know how you even edit something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> like, like what? But yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm probably get that science of sports training. Training probably after I get off the phone with you. That sounds like a good one. I, I don't know. I've been reading this book. It's called The System. Have you heard What's of that up, one? Bob? Oh my god! It's Al Miller, and they were both NFL strength coaches for a really long time, from like through the '60s through. I think all the way into the nineties. Um, but it's like, it's, they go over all like the Soviet, some of the Soviet stuff. Like they're talking about max, max effort, dynamic effort, um, repetition method. They go through who all that. Who did they work with? Who did they work with? Yeah. What teams? Oh, I don't know, man. They worked with a bunch of teams. Like there was like Denver Broncos. I feel like, I don't know. I would have to That's look it up exactly what that. Yeah, so they they did work with a bunch of NFL teams though, and like they apply that book towards all sports, but really there are two. There there are a couple football coaches that, but it does apply. I mean, they they've worked with sprinters and stuff like that. Um, but I actually like that book a lot, except for it's their method ends up being undulating periodization. Um, and that I don't do you know much about undulating periodization? A little bit, but I already forgot about half that shit. <laughs> yeah, so once, so the whole, like, first half of the book was awesome because it's going over, like, different uh, different methods of developing strength and stuff. And then it goes through a bunch of exercises and progressions and regressions through all those. Mm. And then, but once it starts getting into the undulating stuff, like, it started to lose me because I'm not, I'm not doing undulating periodization. So... Tell me more, don't refresh my memory about that. So basically you'll with undulating periodization, you have main movements and you control the volume that you do on those movements. 
and it's like an up and down or like yo-yo effect so you'll have like a like a a medium day and then a medium Mm -hmm. volume day then a light volume day then a heavy volume day followed by like a medium volume day and so they'll list out all their main exercises and then they just so to avoid adaption they're constantly changing the volume and intensity up and down from day to day instead of having it like set yeah instead of having having like a set instead of going linear it's like up and down up and down up and down if you were like looking at at a graph chart like you know how linear it's like low intensity all the way up to high right Um, when you look at theirs it's like low high low high low high um for the undulating stuff so that part like i'm not that into it but just seeing the way that they lay things out and the way they look at training professional athletes is pretty good and it, and it is cool that they like they like studied soviet methods and like went over to russia and all this stuff back then but it's not it's not like famous for being like a conjugate book but for periodization it was it's been a pretty cool read um but yeah that one's called the system if you want to check that thing out sometime i'm sure you're you're full of reading did you do that conjugate um did you do that west side what's it called that certification franks yeah i just yeah. i just i i passed it uh like a month or so ago um, nice good for you. The, the big ones with all the fucking russian books yeah so i have i have not read in over a month yeah um, you're so like i don't need to this. for <laughs> i didn't take a break <laughs> yeah yeah i don't I'm, blame uh, you i'm uh finishing my book now so it's like <laughs> besides that i'm not really trying to do much else yeah well, I, don't, I don't know how you're working on a book at the same time in the podcast and training people <laughs> and doing seminars and having all that stuff. That's awesome. Uh, well, you know, it's just like, uh, well, the podcast is getting harder because I'm getting busier in the gym itself because I've been picking up so many kids. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, like I always tell people, it's always free knowledge for me. And then yeah. it's just, I always say, <clears throat> It's helping expose another version of me somewhere else where I can't reach the person, but somebody else can reach the person. So it's like, as my podcast gets bigger, that's good because then there's all these kids. Like, it's like, look in your area. If it wasn't for you, is there anybody fucking else? No. So it's no. like, if you're here, you're here. Because it's also always say it's like, well, all our high school kids got to go to college, right? Okay, now what if a person uh, not only goes to college, but they move somewhere? And you always got to, oh, I got to find a gym. And the more you're into that type of system, you know you only can go to certain type of gyms. So it's yeah. like, oh, if you're here, you're here. There's somebody there to help you out, you know? So That's I was looking cool. like that. It, but it's been a lot of work. It's like after, like even today, it's like today's like my one day of full rest, but I still got a program. And then most of the time when I do a podcast, it's on Sundays because of that. So it's like, I don't really get to relax. Yeah. But it's still fun, you know? Yeah, I mean... That, that's kind of what I'm dealing with. It's like six days a week, full go. Then I wasn't even supposed to train somebody today. And then I got <clears throat> programming later today. And then, and then just, and then I got two kids too. So <laughs> that's, it's, it's kind of rough balancing everything. Cause it's <laughs> like, it's like I got a full-time job and then I have the training business. I'm getting started. And then in the fall, like football's going crazy. So 
trying right. to balance everything out is nuts sometimes. But I think the biggest thing that's helped me is the I have a little my girlfriend got me a little planner. So I just write down and try to do one thing every day. So then I don't go a whole week saying, wait, did I forget something? Yeah. That's what usually happens. <laughs> you got like a pa- a paper planner you're writing in? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Cause I saw so do you guys you guys use folders? You use folders yep, that's to what train I use, people? Yeah. Yep. Man. Just as me. Know. Like some coaches use a uh, true coach. That's what I do for the, the online training. Like people that are away, like especially now that I'm with Smart Trains with Jacob and them. But yeah. like for my people in person, the problem I don't like about the having it on their phone is that I change shit all the time on the day. Like yeah. the kids beat up, the kids not sleeping. Oh, I don't like the way this is. And I also don't write down all the accessories ahead of time. Like usually I have like this the jump they'll do, the squad deadlift or bench they do, and maybe one accessory. The other ones I know that, especially because I'm sharing a gym with people. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be like, oh, they're not using this. Okay, I'm gonna change on the fly. So it never made sense to me to spend the extra time when I'm either gonna have to rewrite it for a numerous amount of reasons, and then it's like, oh, you have kids that come in. Okay, oh wait, I have a, I have a big ass tournament I forgot to tell you about that I knew four weeks ago. Okay, well, I gotta change this shit anyway. You know, so yeah. and I just, I don't wanna look at on my phone trying to find everything. I like the folder laid out with all the stuff on it. I mean. I, I feel like I eventually may do like almost like a combo of both of that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's easier to keep track of all the records if you have it online instead of looking back. But yeah. the only problem is that I can't change it on the fly if I'm doing the online thing. So that's where I feel like one day when Siri becomes like actually what it looks like in the commercials, I'll do it like that because then I could just change the shit or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, swap that out. Swap that out. You know what I mean? Like but yeah. it ain't like that. It ain't like how Apple advertises. So until then, I'm going to keep with the folders. Yeah, well, I, I like it. I mean, I would like to do that. It's just like, I so I use Train Heroic. Right. right. Um, and th- that one, it works pretty good. But at the same time, I hate people being on the phone while in the gym. I'm, like, I'm like, so I'll have like four athletes right. going at once. And it's like, okay, go enter that and go enter that. Or they're starting to get pretty good at it, but I still like, I kind of envy the idea of having a folder out or just, just even writing on a chalkboard or a whiteboard and just saying, okay, this is what we're doing today. Um, But for like the tracking purposes, it's like, it's, it's so nice having an app like that that keeps track of all the records and previous, like it, it has all whatever they did for their accessories a month ago. Like if you pull up that lift and, on it, it shows whatever last weight. So there's like no guesswork and whatever yeah. dumbbells to grab for them to use for this workout. So that stuff's been, I don't know, it's a good tool. But I like, I listened to Jared talk about his folders. So I'm like, man, how do you manage? I don't know how he manages all that, but <clears throat> yeah, like 30, kid, 30 kids at the same time. Yeah. But I've learned from him just that you got to train your kids to become coaches because if you ever get a chance to come down here and you go to, I don't know if you know, he's only like 30 minutes away from me, but um, if you go to his gym, most of the time he's literally just standing at one of the big giant hard plyo boxes with folders on the thing or a few folders that he's writing down stuff and adjusting for the next group. And more often than not, he's just coming over to watch somebody squat, telling him to go up or go down in weight, watching somebody jump, 
or saying add some more weight on the back potential. Like literally that's half the shit he does because more often than not, it's a kid that may be unexperienced with a kid that's been there for 10 years. That's so awesome. it's like he has unpaid interns there. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's but that's what you do because otherwise you keep, you, you're running around with a chicken out of the head if you've got to if you got to literally remind each of your 30 people to do something. I already have enough trouble time with like when I have my groups of like nine or ten. It's like no, nah, I'm not. I, I gotta make I gotta put some responsibility on these other kids, especially when most of them are freaking getting a, a double the SAT score I got. So you can be smart enough to help coach this kid through the squat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's kind of the way I've been starting to have my kids work is where instead of I'm telling them, hey, let's put these weights on or even helping them load the bar. I'm like, no, this is the way you guys you guys can load it. And then and then teaching them how to spot. Right. Like, it's weird. It, it shouldn't be something you have to teach them like you, you don't think about it. But it's like that's a part of training, too, yeah. is teaching them how to work with other people and how to how to spot each other. Right. And loading loading the weight correctly and all that stuff my favorite is how long well shit i still don't have one kid i've had kids that work with me for over a year i i still don't have one kid that doesn't have to ask me every other time hey what should my next jump be fuck (laughs) my favorite is oh what should i start with and none of them are like especially like with the bench none of them are benching I don't have because I don't have any football kids, so I have a lot of the skinny, the skinny sport kids, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, they're, they're like, what should I start with on the bench? I'm like, what do we fucking start with every time? Ten to fifteen reps with the bar, then go to the ten, depending on how strong you are, ten, fifteen, or twenty-five. Then you go to the forty-five. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? Like, the bar may change, adjust to the weight of that starting the bar. You know, if you got the camera bar, you're starting with thirty-eight. Blah blah blah. Keep it moving. Stop bugging me about <laughs> shit. I got to deal with this kid that can't goblin squat yet, and you still asking me how to fucking make your jobs. Come on. <laughs> so funny. Stop making me think for you, because you just being late, like, oh, no, I don't know. No, no, no. You want to be lazy and want to be told everything. Fuck that. Well, yeah, because we, it's kind of hard, like, you to not handicap them a little bit. Like, yeah. like we don't think about it, because we're, we're in our, like, flow state, basically, while we're coaching yeah. them, and it's like, <laughs> We're, we'll, we're just doing stuff faster than they're even processing. But it's like, <laughs> some point in time, you, you got to start figuring out and thinking for yourself to be able to do this. Like, My shit, when I was younger. Out. Oh, go, go, sorry. I was just going to say, when I was younger, it was like, we didn't, I I had like Ronnie Coleman on YouTube to teach me how to lift. Like, I was, I was yeah. like, I watch his videos and stuff. And yeah, buddy. Just, yeah, buddy. And then I'm going to go destroy my body as, as hard as I could after that. And then, like, you know, just figuring it out. Like, buddy comes in, hey, we're doing 10 by 10 squats with 225 today for 10 sets 20. And I'm like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? And then they can't walk for five, six days. And anyways, but but we figured it out one way or another and got strong. But I'm like, man, you, we got to start just learning how to do things in the gym, like without me. That's that should be part of a tool that you guys are getting from this. So you're able to, you're you're always gonna know what to do in the gym in life. Yeah. You know, you always have an idea, and you'll know more than other people around you if I'm if I'm teaching them correctly. But it's like. I don't know. It's easy just to say, tell me what to do. My favorite is the damn kid. You go five, six minutes on the other side. Well, as your gym gets bigger, you'll see this. So you've been in gym before. And, and, and you're, you're telling 
one kid teaching them how to do something and you turn around and you're like, you ask the kid that a long time ago was doing banded pushdowns. You're like, hey, what, uh, you, you on number four yet or whatever? And they're like, no, nah, I only did one. You left and I didn't do it. What are you waiting for me to tell you to do it again? Fucking oh shit. You know your rest is a minute. It's not a squat. It's a banded pushdown or a bicep yeah. curl. It's like, bro, you could be out of the gym by now. You're always complaining. You ain't got enough time in your hand, but you come in here and you do shit like that. It's like, yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I so uh, I try with with our training. Like I'm trying to keep them working as much as I can because like that type of thing happens where I I there could be no direction or kids will just start if there's groups like they just start having fun right, too much yeah. to where the work the work's not getting done and it's so like if we're just moving fast and. I end up doing a lot of supersets and stuff for our accessories. Yeah. yeah. Like, like and then, giant sets. I started doing that too. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty nice too, that you can do that. <laughs> I probably need to work on getting some more giant sets in there. I'll kind of, if I got like four or five at once, we'll kind of get like three exercise going. So I guess circuit, but yeah, giant sets pretty good move too. I, I like the, I like the giant sets because I don't, I don't really, spend too much time doing extra gpp work like farmers walks and sleds and stuff like yeah. just by themselves or or like um you know coming on a fifth day because more often not like you i the average i have is two to three i have a few kids that do four but more often than not more times of the year they can only literally come in two to three so um to kind of get some of that stuff in without having them having to spend an extra 20, 30 minutes, I just put it all in a giant set and lighten the load. And I think that's been great. So like, I'll do like one heavy exercise, I mean, accessory exercise after their main movements. But then the other stuff is like lighter weight and it's all about just increasing that work capacity. So it'll be like sled, reverse hyper, belt squat, lying leg curl, Bulgarian foot squat. And then you're just going through three or four, you know, depending on depending on how uh, out of shape or what type of sport, two, three, or four sets of that. And then they yeah. get out the gym, you know, um, just because, yeah, like the talking aspect and then them taking too long to rest and stuff and trying to keep track of them while I'm trying to teach another kid, you know, like that shit just makes it easier. Yeah. You just, they just need direction and they'll, they'll just start working yeah. on their own and move through. Once you just show them the first set and then you can just leave. And then it's like, all right, now you got to just finish this shit. Because then they, yeah. they, because it's always the magical, I forgot the rest time. Okay. Well, now you know you don't actually rest at all. Now, now you just keep going through. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you pretty, are you pretty strict on rest time? With, yeah. So, wait, wait, yeah. With what? With what? With, so, is, do you kind of keep rest time to like main movements and then let accessory work just flow? So, for main movements, let's say they're doing max effort. Yeah. Um, the closer they get to one rep, that's the longer the rest. I mean, obvious, right? But like for the kids, I want to do as much as I I get because they're still jumping in front of me. So they're never going to do as much weight as they really could. So the max amount of time, especially for the older kid, I'll give them five. For the young kids, a lot of times it just stays to three and four minutes. Okay. Um, and uh, for their brief maximum tension days, it's always three to four minutes. Um, for jumps... It's usually a minute. If they're feeling kind of shitty, but they have a lot of time, I let them rest like a minute and a half between jumps, especially like the dumbbell jumps. Yeah. Because um, I think out of all the jumps, they can maximally jump every time, so they don't need as much rest. Where you know the box jump, 
you space out, you're going to miss the jump. So it's like, but with the, the vert mat, they can bullshit. So it's like, yeah, you could some days go as low as 30 seconds and they're just fine. And some yeah. days when it's like, all right, I feel like they just need a little bit more rest. I'll give them up to like a minute and a half. It really depends on like, I ask when they first come in, how long until you have to leave. Um, yeah. But then as far as like accessories, no more than 45 seconds to a minute if we're not doing a circuit, tri-set, superset. Uh-huh. Uh, but it also depends on the exercise. So if it's like, sometimes if they're short on time, what I'll do is like, okay, these three or four things are not even supposed to be superset. But now let's say, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking. Let's say if it was like an ab, because sometimes I do make them do abs on their upper body day. So let's say they were doing bicep curls. And then I was like, oh, you didn't get your abs from Monday from, from lower body. You're going to superset that. And it's almost like a tiny giant set. You're just going to keep going back and forth because yeah. they don't really affect each other because they're opposite. You know, like if it's a hamstring and then upper body. So like some kids do combined days. If it's like that, like, oh, line leg curl, superset with tricep extension, they're not going to really affect each other. So there's no yeah. rest. Especially yeah. if they're short on time, you know, that's that, that's kind of how I do it. So it always depends on the kid, how much time they got that day. And then like how I think it's also have to do with how out of shape they are. If the kid's more out of shape, then they kind of need more muscle. Then I lighten the load and make them keep going because I feel like they can get in shape just by us making our weight room go faster than they would like to. Yeah. It's a, yeah I, I think that's a sneaky way to do more GPP kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that's a really good idea. Um, that that's not too too far off of the way I do it. Um, I probably don't get to. I think for like single like one rep maxes, I'll probably get to four minutes. But mm. for everything else, I'm probably like two two and a half minutes for rest time on any of the main work, and then most accessory stuff, except for jumps and sprints. Most accessory stuff, just like we're we're trying to bang it out. I'm trying to yeah. get it done and like make these kids get as much work in as I can. I think if they were a lot more advanced lifters, then it would change a little bit and I would slow it down. But I think I'm pairing. I'm kind of doing like you. I'm pairing like opposites together a lot. Yeah. 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 So so if it's gonna so if I'm gonna hit like tricep push downs, then they're probably gonna be doing some type of core work or something with it. Yeah. I've also uh, learned that on upper body days, since they're already short and I've added in jumps usually on that day too, what I've done too to save on time so then they can do, because I feel like a lot of kids, they need more upper body size, more often not, even more than their lower body. I mean, it depends on the sport, it depends on the kid, but more often not, they got no neck, they got no lats, they got no triceps, they got no butt. They ain't got yeah. one muscle group that stands out. Yeah. So to, to give them, I feel like to give them more rest, and to do more weight, what I do is that, okay, if I'm still doing abs or jumps on that day, I put that in during their long rest time on their max effort movement on upper body or their brief maximum tension. Because usually it doesn't take away from their um, from that uh, bench. Because I feel like their bench isn't big enough to take away from their bench. That, you know, that's just, that may just be me. I don't know. I don't really have evidence on it. But I've usually seen the numbers. They hit, they hit. And they don't, they don't. When I sort of added in jumps and abs and stuff at that on their rest for that, it didn't change. So that's a good sneaky way. So then you can still get like, hey, get it, still get like a minute and a half before you do this heavy dumbbell or barbell row. You know, especially for those kids that either can do a lot of weight or space cadets, where it's like, we don't want to cut your rest time because you're already spacing out. Yeah. The last thing we need you is under fatigue as well. Yeah, that might be. I'll probably look into that 
doing some of that too on the main movements and that's a pretty good idea like i'll i'll have them be doing like band pull aparts or something yeah in, be- in between some of their main movements but for the most part i haven't done like ab work or jump work in between times on their max effort stuff so that's a pretty good idea yeah, because like if you if you bench and then like within thirty seconds you jump, and even if you jump again, you still got like two and a half minutes before they bench again. That's point yeah. of time. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, That's not like interfering with it. Yeah, especially like um, when I do those upper body days. So usually they do their either hardest hardest variation of jumps or their most important jumps they want to improve on on their lower body days. So a lot of like so we have the plow swing. So stuff like that, pogos, maybe box jumps or broad jumps, stuff like that will be on their two upper body days. So they don't need as much rest. They don't really care as much about those that they don't get it. And then their bench is already just going to be what it is. So I feel like that's why that superset kind of works. It doesn't really, yeah. they don't really interfere with each other because the excitation or the demand is not as high. Yeah. Well, and, and most of these kids are pretty in shape too. Yeah, like yeah. they're not like, it's like me and you. If I did a jump between my bed, like, fuck, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think because we can get caught up in the books a lot and like say mm-hmm. what it says to do, but it's like, yeah. dude, these these high school kids, they they can do a lot. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and where I coach them at practice too, like seeing some of the stuff they do, I'm like, these kids can take a lot more work than what it says what it says right there in the book sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. I kind of, I kind of end up pushing it a little bit differently than it looks in like a, like the regular West side way. Um, most of your kids, did you say most of your kids are like three times a week? Yeah. I want to say the average is probably three times a week because I have some people that go twice and some people that go four. And then literally sometimes it depends on the week. Like I have a swimmer and a basketball kid. And most weeks they're only coming once a week right now because they're in season. So like it'll be seven a.m. before school on Wednesday, both of them. And then sometimes they make a Saturday, and then and then that's it. So sometimes it's one to two. Most of my girls are volleyball, so they're playing. They're doing travel ball. So uh-huh. more often not. The good thing is that they're all from the same team. It like started with one, and I got more and more of them to come in. Um, but they're usually three to four times a week. Like one of them is the senior, like the leader basically of the team. So uh-huh. she comes in, uh, she comes in once or twice in like, at like 10 o'clock because she does dual. So she doesn't start school to usually 12. So she'll come twice in the afternoon, but she gets her other two days in the middle of the day. So she kind of puts more pressure on the younger girls that are coming up that want to get a scholarship like her to come three to four days a week, you know, That's um, but, nice. which is crazy. Cause I still have my boys talking about how sore they are. So they're like, Oh, I work out at school. And I can't come. And I'm like, bro, I got volleyball girls that for whatever reason, their coach thinks they're going to be better at volleyball running five miles and they're still coming to me. But you're oh bitching about gosh. your little bullshit weight room. I'm like, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> running five miles kills me. It's great because once I started going to the games, I'm like, bro, they run five yards. Yeah. They run five yards. And then this travel ball started. And, and then I'm like, oh, so what do they have y'all doing? They're like, oh, yeah, we, we do like 10 minutes in a row. Well, we'll run to the net back and forth, and then we, like, air squat for two minutes. And then we got to do, like, burpees and run under the net. And, like, the, my favorite is, like, the run of the net. But even if it's, like, a 6'6 girl, they're, like, if they touch the net, they got to start over. Or they got to do 100 burp. 
Oh Bro, you don't know God. how how infuriated I start to get when they start telling me these horror stories. It's, it's so oh, it's so rough. It is so rough, Heron. I'm like, like look at stuff. your game. Five miles to get in shape for five yards. What? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, um, I was listening to Buddy Morris the other day talking about his NFL guys, and he's like, our lineman, the most they ever sprint is 15 yards. Like, that is it, and that that could be even rare. You could say. That's their running 50 yards is the 100, uh, 100 yard point return. Like, it's not, it, it's, it's going to happen <laughs> once per 10 teams a season, if that. Yeah. It, what the fuck it, are we running 100 yard gases, bro? They're way 300 pounds. Dude, dude I, uh, it's so hard. Like, cause I have like a pretty inside view on some of the stuff that happens on football fields and like some of the conditioning sometimes. I'm like, man, I would just love to have these kids do 10 yard sprints with, six seconds rest for conditioning like like let's just have them do that because most of the and and most of the time their rest time is going to be way longer like in a game mm-hmm. they're going to have 30 probably 40 20, right? yeah 30 to 40 seconds in between plays unless they're playing like a hurry up offense and that's when it would get to that okay we got to hurry we got to run and then we got to stop and then we got to rest real short and then run again but a lot of times like you'll see a lot of football coaches out there doing a ton of gassers or else they do ladders for the whole football field. They'll be doing gassers like so <laughs> they'll they'll go 50 yards across the field, right? So down, back, down, back is one. And they'll be hitting like six gassers. And I'm like, "Wait a minute. So you just did you just did six 200-yard like you just ran six 200s." I'm like, we just did half a mile. <laughs> Why? You know, like that that kind of gets tough for me. Um, and then wrestling. Um, I I, oh, I got God. a girl I got a girl that's in season wrestling right now. God, hopefully this doesn't get back to any of her coach or anything, but like <laughs> dude, I hear I hear stuff from them and it's like, yeah, we ran stadium stairs for how 30 minutes or whatever of practice, or we we, we sit here and ran the entire time for two weeks straight before we even started doing anything. And then we didn't do any strength work. And I'm just like, well, running conditioning is so much different than on the mat wrestling conditioning. Like it's not even funny. So yeah, they'd be better off doing like heavy sandbag farmers walks and just uh, walking with the safety squat bar and a sled attached. And even even more simpler, I would just let them look in the weight room and then go to wrestling practice and just roll. You don't need to fucking run 50 miles. And then you know, like, more often than not, with high school or young wrestling, they ain't going the distance. Like, they're going to – who's fucking strong? A minute, yeah. two minutes. If you weigh stronger than the person at that level, you're not an Olympic-level wrestler, you're going to win. Like, you're all doing the same fucking skill work. So – Who's the stronger person is going to win at that? So you can run all you want, but if I'm bigger, you know, did you see that the picture rolling around with Brock Lesnar in high school? It's like, yeah, I bet you that motherfucker wasn't even that that crazy skill at that point. But he was like way shred, way more shred, and probably weighed forty more pounds of just muscle than everybody else. He's yeah. winning that shit every time. And yeah, you don't need to run to do that. No, no, it, I actually, you, you know who Zach Evanish is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's actually, so that's who I'm certified under. Mm-hmm. That's who I did my certification with. And it's, it's just, so I didn't go to like 
take the college route and go do the CSCS. Oh, I didn't um, do that either. Yeah, but I did do like I did a strength and sports performance certification with Zach Evan Ash. But like mm-hmm. he was the strength and conditioning coach at Rutgers for the wrestling team and at Lehigh, which both of them are pretty big wrestling schools. And yeah. like just a few weeks ago, he put something out on Twitter saying like this running stadiums for two weeks straight to get kids in shape for wrestling is just basically lazy bullshit. Yeah. If you want to like that's just a coach saying like anybody can make kids just go run for, for an hour straight. Yeah. Um, but he's like, you want to make kids in condition for wrestling? You make them wrestle. Like that's, yeah. that's the best thing that you could do. Cause that's every sport, though, which is crazy. People don't understand that. I yeah. it didn't matter how much running I did. The more I ran when I was younger, all I, all, when I, all I got was slower. And I, my jumping ability kept going down more and more down. And it was like, I'd go play. And I still felt out of breath after just, you know, however many down and backs it was in the court. It wasn't until I was out of college and I started doing conjugate when my last year was semi-pro. And it was like all the sled shit I had to do. Like we would jog sometimes like sideways and backwards. Um, but like all the farmer's walk, sled work, all that shit. And then the speed work I did on squats. That yeah. made me way more. I could... I felt like I was sprinting the entire – I felt like – like, literally, I felt like a shorter Russell Westbrook. That's what I felt like. But all that Damn. fucking running I used to do when I was younger, running two and three miles, all I was good at was running slow the entire game. I could never guard anybody. Like uh, – That's you – know, It's just unfortunate that, like, we didn't know or never learned better or the fact that it's still all over the country going oh, yeah, on. That's still, that's still the majority. Yeah, on, on basketball, basically every sport, basketball teams, football, <laughs> wrestling, volleyball, like you said. The, just... the worst part is that the further you get away from football, they think you should even lift. So we can't even talk about methods when they're like, you're just going to stunt your ro- growth, you're going to get slower, your technical side of your sport's going to go down. So like basketball, baseball, I bet you tennis and golf, I don't deal with any of them. Um uh, what's it? Volleyball. They don't even think you should lift, so you can't even get to. Oh, this is the type of lifting you should do. They don't think you should even do it. So it's like, well, know, yeah. Like, I mean, you guys even got, you guys got a lot more girls lifting over on that side of the country than I'm seeing over here too. Like, I don't. I have one yeah. girl, and it's and it's because both of her brothers lift with me. And like, mm-hmm. but that one girl probably like, honestly, probably the baddest person in the gym that I have because she'll like she makes it like you were talking about your volleyball girl like this girl makes it to her session she could Mm -hmm. she'll go to school pull a 4.0 GPA then she'll go to tumbling and then she'll get that done like hardcore tumbling for like two hours then she'll come see me and lift and she's you know pulling deadlifts and stuff and then the next day she's like on the wrestling mat wrestling people (laughs) and yeah then I hear like a lot of a lot of boys that aren't very serious into the gym that I see on the football team, they're just like, well, we got our, we got our two days in this week. Like we're we're lifting. And I'm like, I'm like, you guys got to understand, like some people hit the gym or some people quote unquote work out. And then some people train for their sport. Like you guys aren't, you guys aren't training for your sport. You got to, once you start training for your sport, that's when you're really going to develop like what you could be. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, it's so hard to get people to understand and like 
like I'm hoping to get some volleyball girls or some softball girls, but as of right now, like I haven't even got like a single nobody's interested in it. Just keep highlighting that girl. That's what I did. I, you know what I did too? So it was crazy. It's like every girl that I got in that's a teammate of the first girl was I was like, So did your did your sport coach talk to you? Because I had DM the sport coach saying, Hey, you know, we do team deals for um, when we bring a whole team in, you know, you guys could bring your whole team in because I was coaching, you know, I was, I had the best player on the team. That's good. She's going to Davidson next year for volleyball. And I'm like, nice. if she working with me, yo, we can get the rest of your team in. And they were like, yeah, we'll pass it along. We'll see who's interested. Hit them up again, like a few weeks later. And I was starting to come to the games and shit and still nothing. And then as they started coming in, I was like, Hey, did the coach ever speak to you? They're like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's funny because Blake, Blake, you know, the one that owns Grindhouse, he's like, yeah, I've had to deal with the same thing with the sport coach. Like, you're not going to get any help from them because some reason you're a threat. Even what's even crazier, I'm like, I would get if I was like the travel team, but like, I have nothing to do with what you do. I'm just going to make your girls better versions of themselves, especially at her school. They don't have a high recruiting. So like, you need to build the girls that you got. And it's like, if your best player who got even better this year because she started lifting for real. Why wouldn't you have the other people come? Like, y'all don't – I'm not taking money out of your wallet. You're getting paid by the school. So, don't – I don't see how it affects you. But – so, like, all I did was start – I started friending them all on Instagram and started just DMing them. And they'd be like, okay, I, I think I'll come and try. And they liked it. And then just, like, one after another, you know. And then, like, just advertising on Instagram, I've gotten people from other sports. So, it's like – I think you That's just got to keep highlighting that girl and just keep hyping her up because, like – you get one and they start lifting in that decent range where it starts putting a little bit of pressure on the boys and you start advertising that other people are like, wait a minute, I think there's something to this lifting thing. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so. It's just crazy. It's like, people are like, you know, l- liftings for football players. Like that's right. still, Only. still the massive thing throughout the country. And it's like, dude, you realize lifting is to better sports performance. <laughs> so whatever it did to football back in 1970, like it can still, it, it's going to do for basketball. It's going to do for volleyball. It's gonna, you know, people just don't get it yet, but I think we're getting there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think eventually it's, eventually it's just going to be everybody, but I don't know. We got to, we still got a ways to go. Yeah. We still got to get them off the damn Olympic list, but it ain't Olympic oh my no God. more. Right. It's yeah. Not the Olympics now. <laughs> so it's not so cool. So maybe we can get people to stop doing that shit. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy that that sport got taken out. And, like, from what I understand, the reason Olympic lifting is so prominent in football training or just, yeah, in strength and conditioning is because they were building it to be a feeder program for the Olympics. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's what the strength coaches were – or that's what they were told to preach. And then, like, I just talked to that guy yesterday about it. He's been the head coach football coach of a 5A school and worked there for like 20 years and he brought his son over for his first session I was like I was worried he's gonna be like you're gonna power clean him right and so I asked him I was like you guys did power cleans at your school and he's like we actually dropped him out like four years ago and I was like oh thank god like (laughs) thank god because I'm not gonna be power cleaning your kid like we're gonna be squatting we're gonna be deadlifting (laughs) we're gonna be benching we're gonna be throwing we're gonna be jumping all that stuff we can develop that without practicing like somebody else's sport i had a i had a kid 
leave me because the mom at the sport coach, it was a baseball kid. I guess the sport coach uh, was like, oh, he needs to be doing Olympicus. And she was like, will you do Olympicus? And I was like, no, I will not. And she was like, well, the sport coach said he needs to. Um, and she was like, I appreciate everything you've done for him. You, you, uh, you surprised me with like how much progress he's made. And I'm like, yeah, your son has progressed a lot with me. Every time he goes on one of these three weeks at a time, can't come in because of baseball, his bicep just so happens to flare up and he comes back weaker and can't jump as well. <laughs> so what the fuck are we talking about here? Your son progress with me. You admit it. He's not beat up when he's with me, but he is when. And now he just started lifting. And a person that has elbow tendonitis and bicep tendonitis, you want him to start clean jerking and snatching. And she's um, like, you know, I did it when I was in college. And I'm like, I, I think she ran track or something. And, you know, I really like it. I'm like, great. You still don't know the fuck you're talking about. Neither does the baseball coach. But I'm like, all right. That shit pissed me off because I'm like, it's not even up to the kids. It's the sport coach having an influence in the moms, and now we, they gonna start doing that. I'm like, Damn. yeah, <laughs> it's it's frustrating. Like, oh, I I'll, for the Olympic lifts, I will say that I think there there's probably some good mobility stuff involved with being mm-hmm. able positions. But as far as like what it's advertised as, like being the best to develop power, like I just don't think it's there or strength. Like, no. I just don't think it's there. But like. If you've ever – have you ever tried to do an overhead squat? Yeah, so I Olympic lifted for like three or four months straight. My vertical didn't really improve at all. But I got yeah. – I did get – I did improve on them, but my sports ability did not. Um, and, yeah, that was extremely tough for someone that's been lifting since they were like 13 years old, let alone my kids that are 17 and can't walk out of a back squat. So, fuck <laughs> that overhead yeah. squat. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, and I think that's getting there too, I think. I think those will start going away. So we're making progress. <laughs> now we just got to teach them how to power walk so they can make it into the Olympics. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Insane. It's um, crazy because they canceled because supposedly because the viewership is down. I'm like, bro, they got archery in there. How is that getting more views? Yeah, I don't know. King Kong's in that bitch. Water polo. <laughs> Um, so I was going to ask you on your, on your three days. So is it, do you go max effort just for one of those days or do no, you do... I still do both? So what I do with my kids, because I started getting annoyed with the combo days because I felt like I was either shortening rest time or cutting out exercises for both. What I do is I just extend their program longer. So they just do the next day when they come in. So sometimes that Saturday second bench day is now on a Monday and then okay. their max effort lower is on Wednesday. You know like, what I mean? So like uh, sometimes they, you said what? Oh, I was just going to say kind of like uh conjugate you, like what Nate Hart. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had it before I actually even read it. I had a few people say they were doing that and I was still like, ah, but I feel like they need to get it in that week. And then what, but what I discovered was I was just missing accessories and cutting down reps. So, we're going to squat, then we're going to bend. And, you know, the biggest, big, even bigger thing is if you got a big group, try try saying, oh, we got a squat, then we got a bench, and then we got a rack for a squat, then we got a bench, we got a deadlift. By the time they get oh, to no. accessory, they're so exhausted. It's 40 minutes into the session. It's like, nah. So yeah. I just now I just extend it and do what I want, and they come in when they come. And I have kids that 
Um, and it makes it easier to track where they are in the program with everybody else. And some people, I tell them, hey, you're two weeks behind. So they're gone for two weeks. Oh, what am I doing today? You're still in that fourth day that you never finished from week 30. And then we're going to oh, wow. print out your 31 sheet. Like that, that's just how, and only thing I will adjust, and that's why I like to write it down. Oh, you come in, but now you got a tournament this weekend. The first day you come in, okay, we'll bench, but then we'll do like some active recovery shit because you got a tournament in a day or two or something that's really big. And, you know, so I don't, I don't do the combined days because I feel like I was missing, especially the repetition method was going to shit. And then their rest, their sessions were taking too long and still missing things. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I might, I, I might end up doing that with, so right now I've only got two kids that are three days a week. And so mm-hmm. they're like a repetition method, two days. Cause they're just small. They're like, these, yeah. they're like five, 10, 138 pounds. Oh, so yeah. yeah. And like, and most of my kids are all like freshmen, sophomores. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, they, they got to put some size on for a while. So I got them like repetition effort for two days and then like a max effort or dynamic effort for that third, just based on, based <laughs> on whatever they're feeling, whatever I'm feeling. So I don't know whatever I think they though, need. Those kids may need more muscle than anything else to actually get stronger. So there's yeah, nothing wrong with that. But even if I was doing that, I probably, like I said, I would still do your fourth like maybe your fourth day will be another max effort day or something like that and then you're going back to that same max effort and then you're two reps because just because then you're never missing anything and you're never having to work because you already got to worry about rest time or how long they're in the gym if you just yeah. extend it if they happen to mix a day and then you're never like oh i just printed out they're supposed to start this week but they miss it from the previous week i feel like it's better when they're never missing anything they're just taking longer to do it because they got other shit they have to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I, like, like I said, I kind of struggle with taking them to a full one rep max. Like I'll, I'll do it for some movements, but I, I haven't had them do a single pull one rep max from the floor yet. Um, so I'll end up doing well, like that's a only rack. my college kids. I think that I've done that with. Yeah. So I end yeah. up picking moves that I feel really safe in. So like, like rack pulls is like one of the one of the big testers that I use for yeah. us. So like I pretty much rack pull like every kid that I get on their very first session. And cause, yeah. just because I think it's like a pretty safe. You're doing like a pin five or pin four rack pull. They're like their lower backs in a pretty safe position. And then I could get a good idea where their strength's at. And then and then I'll take conventional or sumo? Convent conventional. Okay. Um but then so then I'll just build them up for the next four, uh, four, eight to 12 weeks and then retest like eight weeks later without even touching the rat pool. And then that thing, that thing went up like 75 pounds or a hundred pounds, something like that. So, um, like I said, I still do, I'll, I'll do different movements. That's just me speaking on the rack pool as being like a tester that I do. And like, I've seen really good progress from it. So just from doing box squats, and free squats and like a ton of we do quite a bit of farmers carries a lot of that stuff like their grip strength's improving their hip strength's improving their the back extension their low back's improving and then they're just pr in their rack pull every time they touch it when you do your free squats is it only for 
like a repetition method or are you doing that for heavy squats for max effort and for the brief max retention i i don't do it for like like heavy singles very often the only mm -hmm. time so i i've i've done it once in like four months with one of my kids um and and it's just part of that's because they're so they free squat at the high school mm -hmm. all the time and if they go do extra lifts with their football coaches at whatever school they go to, then they're going to be free squatting like every week. And I feel like the box squat develops them completely different. Like it does. Um, so we mostly box squat for all of our max effort stuff. Like they, they, we don't really free squat very much. If I had somebody doing four times a week, I would probably throw in the free squat more often, but like, and if they weren't going somewhere else, but to where they're already free squatting at the high school all the time, when I free squat them, it's just me making sure that they have good form so that they're not over there, like, fucking their body up at the high school. Yeah, yeah. like, well, for me, I just do the uh, heel elevated uh, back squat for, with a freestyle, but I'll do it for, like, sets of, like, eight, six to eight um, to build, like, more mobility because uh, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was, I think it was Jared about the ankles getting really stiff from always box squatting. Yeah. And then getting more knees over toe to get more health. And just in case that they're not free squatting at school, because I don't have football players, then they're not so foreign to it when they get to college or just in life. So yeah. that's kind of why I do that. And I do that once to twice a month usually. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, the only free-ish squat they do is that we have a winning belt squat. So they'll sometimes take a max on that. Um, oh, but, that's nice. Yeah, but I would I would never have them do just a regular free because the injury risk is too high, and I don't think it correlates over to um, sprinting and jumping. And I'll listen to Jared when he says that he's done so many waves where people's jumps went down when he started doing free squats. So good enough for me. I'm not doing it then. Yeah. Um, do you use the goblet squat very much? No, because we have the winning belt squad. Before I was before I was at the rack, I was at a small basketball training facility where we had like basically I was the only strength coach and we like literally he bought all the equipment that I that he could get in the small little space that we had. I was having kids when they first started goblet squat, but it wasn't free. It was still to a box because I wanted to get started get them as long as they were strong enough to start getting to the bar on their back onto a box so it was still a goblet to a box squat you know okay um but yeah i would usually start them there um and then i would go right to a barbell as quick as i can but what i do do is that everybody like i don't max them but i do start them with either a pin or off blocks with the deadlift because anybody can do it just what height can they do it off of and then they can get strong and start getting actually used to the movements that we want to do them from the beginning the squatting is the one that because you got to first start with, hey, the bar's uneven on your back. Okay, stop unracking it with uneven feet. Okay, you're too far under, too far back. Okay, you got to be able to find the box. Like that takes way longer than get into this deadlift position. You're not even off the floor. Push your knees out, lean back, bend the bar in half. Bam, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, so I have them do that. And while I'm trying to get them to squat, um, I just start them off whatever height they can, you know, squat to. You know, especially yeah. with those taller kids, you know, it's the hardest ones to learn. So I'm fine with them starting with an above parallel box. But if anything, they're just going to get stronger. Yeah. Um, I actually end up goblet squatting. They goblet squat like every week. 
Uh, really? But it's but it but it's as part of the warm up. So okay. it's never like we're not like pushing heavy met like super heavy goblet squats. I just like I feel like it's a great move to like turn on turn on your hip mobility. Then you right, get yeah. then then you do get some of that knees over toes action, and then it just like activates your core because you got that weight leaning forward. So like trying to keep them in an upright posture while doing it. So that's kind of so I do end up using it quite a bit, but it's really just as a mobility and like primer before. That, yeah, that's it. exactly what I kind of use it more for. It's not even about the weight. I mean, they're going to yeah. try to add weight when they do it, but yeah, that just more mobility purposes. And so they're not foreign to the movement. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's, that's a pretty good one. And I'll like, I probably use kettlebells more than most, pretty much anybody in the conjugate world, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have them do kettlebell swings too. Um, and they kettlebell swing like every week. And that's basically the same thing. It's like, it teaches them to hinge and teaches mm-hmm. them to like drive their hips through. And that's the, that's the only thing. I just want them to turn all that stuff in bef- or turn it all on before I have them hitting full squats or um, rack pulls or something like that. I would say I, I don't do as much kettlebell work or specifically swings because I don't have enough people that can still do a band good morning right so, yeah <laughs> uh, I'd save that for a lot of my older kids but I also just forget to program it in because I'm always thinking of the safety and then number two the way our gym design they would have to do it on the turf and the turf is so many of our gen pop people do a lot of slip work too so they the kids I don't trust them not to fling the shit into somebody's head <laughs> like, nah. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my thank thank God I haven't had that happen yet. But like <laughs> small as our space is, like sometimes they're looking at each other with their kettlebell while they're swinging towards each other. So <laughs> I pray to God that they better not let go. <laughs> um but I like I'm kind of for so there's a guy named Dan John that he, I don't know if you ever heard of Coach Dan John. He did that easy mm-hmm. strength book. No. Oh, so uh God. He's basically one of the fathers of the kettlebell in the United States. And he he actually lives here in Salt Lake, but I didn't know that until I, I heard Ray Zingler mention it before. And um, one time, like, I tagged him in this Instagram thing, and he's like, dude, come train at my house. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> like I just happened to live here, but I went and learned from him. And so he's kind of got me pretty heavy on the kettlebell swing and um, goblet squat. He's actually the guy that invented the goblet squat. Really? Um, yeah. So, so well, I what were the turkey? The, what were the motherfuckers that invented the kettlebell doing? They were only doing swings and Turkish getups. They were like, they, "Oh, we're not going to squat with it." Well, I I think they did some types of squats with it. Mm. Like I don't know what they were doing overhead squat or if they were doing like a front rack type squat, but. Mm. And they were doing, yeah, the swings and the Turkish get-ups big for him. I mean, those kettlebell purists do all kinds of shit. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's, like, back in, like, two in the early 2000s or something, they, like, made him, like, the, the guy that invented the goblet. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, like, you're, you're right on the band of good morning thing. Like, it's, it's pretty amazing how hard it is sometimes to teach a kettlebell swing to, to like, <laughs> I think it's, kid. like, for me, it's always, like, get him – to learn how to kind of just at least deadlift. <clears throat> then you kind of go banded good morning. Then it's like, okay, maybe you can do a barbell RDL. And then I usually will be like, okay, you're probably good to do a kettlebell swing. Cause the kettlebell swing, 
you're never going to do a whole bunch of weight. But as soon as they space out and if they don't know how to core brace, you hear the horses of people blowing out their backs doing a kettlebell swing. I'm like, how? But you're talking about coming as a person that could squat four or five, 600 deadlift a lot. You know, number one, you're not going to space out where you're doing it, but also all your musculature around is, is really strong. So like the kids, until they like can master, like, hey, it's your butt to the back of the wall, not a half deadlift squat kind of thing you're doing. Yeah. And yes, you got to squeeze your core. Don't talk while you do it. I, that's why I like, I sometimes even forget we have kettlebells. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's all, that's all good. I just, I don't know. I, and like, like you said, um, I just barely, so I'm really just introducing sumo into most of my kids. Like, like I said, most of them, they've started three, four months ago. So I haven't mm. had them and, and it, and so I went from with the rack pull type of move to, um, mm-hmm. or, or blocks, right? So it's basically the same thing. I just didn't, I don't have really good pulling blocks. So I just started introducing it and like, I'm just like, it's gotta be in there. They got to start pulling, doing sumo pulls a lot. And, and, and yeah. I kind of suck at sumo pulls, um, <laughs> in, as a, as an individual, but, but yeah, we just started introducing it and it's looking pretty good. Like all of them are. All of the sophomores in high school did rack pulling over 300 pounds sumo. So I'm like, somewhere doing's right because there's no way they would have touched that a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Most of them couldn't couldn't do like a pin five rack pull with over 245 pounds. Yeah, like I with the with the sumo, I start them. I always start my people now with sumo. I can't I can't even tell you how many times I've actually had people do conventional. Um, I think I'll, because I've been talking to somebody about it, like I'm probably going to start doing it with more of my experienced kids. Cause I even, I basically let conventional go out the side of my, I forget even exists because I'll yeah. basically do trap bar deadlifts or I do sumo pulls. And that's like the only two I do. Now the type of sumo pull we do where it's in the rack, the ATP off a block, off the floor, you know, that all changes our deficit. But because of the sumo, it's going to be wide stance, so that's like most of their sport. And then number two, most kids come in not knowing how to deadlift without just making their back work. Yeah. And you're kind of already in that position. So I usually start them off sumo because both deadlifts are going to look ugly, but one is just naturally going to be less back. So, like, I try to avoid that because, you know, you're going to have those kids where it's like if they're back in sore, they're going to go cry to their mom and never come back. So, like, exactly. I, try to, I try to make it where it's like, okay, 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 we're going deadlift. You're not gonna die, but <laughs> I'm trying to make it where your glute and hamstrings do all the work. Yeah, <laughs> your back. Okay. <laughs> well, I I started with the we we've used the trap bar for a few months, and it's like it's just so easy to butt down, chest up, you know. Yeah, yeah, and butt just, down, chest up. <laughs> yeah, butt down, chest up, and then and so that's what we have been working at. And I'm just not as good at teaching the sumo. That's just, that's just what it is. It's like I know well, you're a sumo puller. <laughs> But like teaching it sometimes is crazy how tough it is for some some of these kids to get into that position. It's like yeah. Well, like, also like the mobility see... wise, if you I, well, I, you know what I've gone from way too is like I've gotten better at like adjusting how wide they actually go with their feet because the keep of the knees out is so big, and then not allowing their just butt to shoot up. So it's like I kind of know off the top of my head where they're shin should be touching the bar based on whatever their height is and i think yeah. that's going to be that's probably the easy it starts with the feet and if the feet in the right position they can kind of get in the position you want but that takes time but like you know like any smart coach says like if you don't do it a lot 
or you're not good at, don't even fucking bother. Because if you ain't going to explain it well, that motherfucker ain't going to be able to guess what you mean, you know? Exactly. And, that, and that's <laughs> – Which that's is why like the pure. biggest reason I don't even touch power clean. I don't even – I wouldn't even – never even think about doing yeah. it. <laughs> and, I mean, and honestly, that's purely the only reason I've left it out so long. Uh, but but now I'm putting it in there and starting from the rack, and then and we'll slowly – drop the box down until I'm able to get yeah. them from the floor. I just didn't feel good like jumping in right away and having them try and do a max effort sumo pull or even sub-maximal sumo pulls when Oh, like, I turn them on back down. I turn them on like uh, like a three sets of eight. That's a, that's kind of kind of what I do. Oh, um, that's smart. Off the, off the, yeah, so I introduce it in an accessory movement because not only whether they're strong or weak, they're already kind of tired from their main stuff so we can't even load it up and yeah. then we just pick a high place to gotta get them down and what i'll do is i'll kind of do two to three weeks and i'll take the pin or the block down if i can a little bit lower and then maybe after a month or two of them training then they finally do their first uh sumo type of pull and but what i do i do almost always do in the first week or two they're gonna trap bar deadlift off of some type of block or the floor if they can but the taller they are, usually the higher the block, and I do that because then I can test where they are when they're beginning, and it's like almost no way they're gonna fail. And I usually do like a five rep max, so it's like they're not gonna start getting into that route because you know the kids they start swinging the trap ball forward and back, they won't remember to put their hand in the middle, they start they won't keep their butt down. So it's like you get a five rep max off a four inch block, like your risk is so low, and then yeah. and then you have something to base off of. And then you can do your like your second day if you want to do more deadlift. You have a deadlift to do. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's basically the same exact route I'm taking with it. I talked to Mike at Wyndham County, and that's that's kind of what he recommends. I was like, dude, look, my sumo's not great, and their sumos, <laughs> like the one kid I did it with, um, butt was flying up every single time, you know. And it's like you can try and cue it, cue your heart out, but like the best way to do it yeah. is to bring the bar up. <laughs> yeah, bring the yeah. bar up and then st- slowly drop it. Because I think um, at the end of the day, it's just a strength part. They just can't keep their butt down. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you this. Um, do you find that a lot of your kids have like way weak adductors? <laughs> yeah. So what I've started doing um, is that's why I started ap- implementing more like Bulgarians and lunges and then the free squat uh, heel elevated type of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I think doing if you start implementing more sumo, their adductors, you'll you'll hear them say, my God, my groin was tight for, my groin was sore for a week. Yeah. So if that's a, that's a sign that, just add in more sumo, they'll start strength. Because if you ain't got to adduct your machine, like there's, so much, there's only so much you can do. And if you're already doing like Bulgarians and stuff, it's probably just that they need to do heavy load with, with working their adductors. Easy way to do that, do sumo pulls. And even if you got to keep the weight light and maybe have them even do just a lower height or even up to a deficit if they can, then they really using their adductors like they normally wouldn't, you know? Um, yeah. 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 That, I mean, that's just one thing I thought's been crazy since I started this whole thing is just that just seeing like kids' knees want to cave all the time when yeah. they're squatting. And I'm just like, dude, what's going on? But then when it's across the board, I mean, it's kind of cool because I can all sort of put them on the same, any of the group kids they kind of need the same stuff, but it's also yeah. just makes me wonder like why knee cave so bad in kids. I think, I think part of it, like most of them, they go through like a six inch growth spurt, like within a couple months. 
And I think they just haven't developed those supporting muscles yet to be able to stabilize everything down there. Like they're still, they're still learning how to walk in their newer body as fast as these kids are growing sometimes. Well, if you, if you look at the, like when they jump um, and you see the younger they are, the skinnier they are, the more you can see their knees like, like touch, like oh they have gosh. no muscle and they're new to it. So yeah. Um, e- even like when yeah. trap doing a trap bar sometimes with, mm-hmm. I have one kid that's like, uh, let's see, he's like 12 years old. And so he's working on like really light trap bars, but he weighs like 103 pounds. And so, <laughs> so he like, doesn't have a lot of supporting muscle anywhere. And so I could see like his knees were starting to go in a little bit. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta strengthen this all up before we revisit this movement. Yeah. I think it's, it's a combo of things. It's like, they don't know how to push onto their feet. They don't have the glute strength to do that. And then their adductors and abductors are both weak. I like like we said, it's really just everything. Their quads yeah. and their hamstrings is really like the stronger they get, the more you're with them. You can kind of pick, pick pinpoint the one muscle, and you can also it's uh it could be one technique change, one cue, or it could just be you look at them and say, yeah, you have no ass, you have no hamstring, you have no quad. Like you probably need those, like for health yeah. and to improve your like their numbers are stalling. It's okay. I mean, it's it's now okay. Like now we need to look at. You just need more muscle in this area to start improving. That's when you actually have to – the painful part of getting them to, like, eat more and shit like that. Yeah. Like, you know, so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's tough. Hopefully hopefully they're eating enough, but you always hear some crazy stuff from them. Like, like oh, I ate once today all the time. I'm just like, I can't. Like, you guys got to start pounding food all the time. Especially. I never understood that. I was like – I was a kid that would sneak food in, in some way, like – Kids be like, oh, they don't allow us to eat. I'd be like, bro, sneak a bar, go to the bathroom. I don't know. You got to do something. How are you operating in twice a day? You ever hear them say that they don't like the food at school is why they didn't eat that day? Yeah, I'm like, I never – half the food we didn't like, still ate it. I was hungry. Yeah. I'm like, you guys aren't allowed to not like food. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. Like, you don't get it. You don't get it just not eating. Literally one kid's like, yeah, I just don't eat at the school at all because and i'm and i'm like well you gotta pack food he's like i don't and then they forget to pack food and i'm like dude you don't get the luxury of not eating at the school like you go get them damn tater tots and you eat them like i, I don't really have a shitty chicken sandwich like it's gotta be it's gotta go down very pack a pb and j i don't know what to tell you, you gotta eat something because you yeah. at that point is like bro you're not even close to maintenance levels and you're trying to gain weight and you eating like 1500 calories a day what yeah, and, and you know half the half the kids, the parents are either vegan, half a vegan, or they they eat more uh, more salad than they actually eat steak, uh, meat oh, and shit. And it's like that means if you ain't eating during the day, you can't just rely even on your dinner or your yeah. breakfast. Half the kids are either skipping breakfast, or it's like cereal, or it's nothing. And it's like that ain't yeah. gonna cut it. Yeah, I'm like you got you got to put in calories if you want to get strong, but. I don't know. It's just pretty crazy. Um, you got you guys using your reverse hyper all the time. Yeah, my kids probably use it one or two times a week. Sometimes we go like a week or two without using it. But I, let's say there were, you know, what is it, fifty-two weeks in here, fifty-four? What is it? Yeah, fifty-two, fifty-four. I think it's fifty-two. There's at least probably 40 out of those 52 they're using reverse hyper. So, yeah, it's it's used a lot. Um so, we I kind of just alternate it between 
high rep, low rep days. And then some weeks it's like a lot more heavy. So I want to like, sometimes I'm switching between a good morning, heavy banded or with a bar, or they're doing like the heavy back extension. Or like I do like a rig back attack where I take a band, put it on one pin, that little pad that you use for hip thrusters on the other side, and they put the band over their neck and they do like a rig version of that. And I kind of rotate between those. But usually one out of those two lower body days, they're doing reverse hypers. Um, okay, yeah. I was just asking, like, I want one a lot, but my space is so limited. It's like I got to I gotta really make sure that I'm going to use it a lot before I get it. And I'm just, I just, like, have that fear of it turned to, like, a tabletop for people to put their shit on top of. I'm just like, I, I don't I, I would – so – you, how much space do you really like? Have you measured it to be like that's the size that of a machine that I could put in there? Yeah, I'm like I'm pretty maxed out on space. Mm-hmm. Like I have like one little corner where I might mm-hmm. be able to put one. But like reverse hypers are big. They're like yeah, yeah. I mean in a, in a small in a small space they're big. Yeah. But no. But so the so company I, you. Okay, go go go. I was just going to say what I've been looking at is it's, e- it's either going to be a reverse hyper or a GHD. And so, but I already have that Ooh. 45 degree back extension, but yeah, like, so trying to, like, I feel like a GHD is so important for sports that it's like, I'm almost wanting to go with the GHD and skip the reverse hyper well, in, until I get a bigger space. I'd say you do your back extension, you can do your heavy work, you do your GHD, what I used to do when I was in New York, you turn around, you hold where the feet go with your hands, and you do mock reverse hypers on there, and you do your high rep work on there. And yeah. if you get a good GHD, you can put, you can have the band hooks on the bottom. You can put their feet in the band hooks, and then you get resistance, or you use ankle weights. So technically, being that you kind of can do more with the GHD, you're short on space because if you do a reverse hyper standing, it may have enough space. But when the kids swing their legs, you may have to take away room for somebody else doing something. Yeah. So if you if you do the GHD, because like you can hook a band to the back of the GHD, and if they can't do full Nordic curls, it can serve the purpose of the inverse curl where it's like plate loaded, but you use a band instead. So then they can work their way up to doing it. Then you can do if you have plyo boxes, stack the plyo boxes plus whatever phone and do concentric only Nordic curls. Because maybe they can't lower and go up, but you only do uh, just the upward portion. And then obviously yeah. you can do another version of a back extension on the GC by just keeping your legs locked, you know? Yeah. Like, so you can do, and then you can go sideways. Like I like to do sideways. You can do oblique dumbbell raises, or you can face up, do abs, uh, like crunches style, or you can do static holds. Static holds on a GHD will blow you up. I mean, you can do it on the 45 degree too, but the yeah. angle of laying straight. So obviously you can do more. And if it takes about the same amount of space and it's probably cheaper, I think. Well, it depends on the brand, you know, like because a, a really good reverse hyper is going to be the Rogue, which is at least 800 or the or the West Side, which is I think is at least 18 to 225. But a <sighs> GHD is like maybe a thousand. But yeah. you can do more with it. Like you can't do a mock GHD on the reverse hyper, but you can do a mock reverse hyper on the GHD. So it's kind of like just off of that, you kind of know what your decision has to be. Yeah. Yeah. For now, you know, it's like I, at, at the end of the day, like I said, you don't have enough strong people because they're kids to like need all that traction based stuff compared to they need the other end, which is a lot more strength stuff. So, yeah, like, and what, 
what I've like the the only way I'm able to do reverse hypers right now is all so I'll, I'll use like a bench and a medicine mm-hmm. ball or a whatever you want to call it, yoga ball the big ones mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they go chest down on that thing and then their hands are held like just on the rack and then they can just do like body weight or if I wanted to ankle weight reverse hypers on that right but I just I don't end up prioritizing it because oh, I don't because they're so weak like they're so weak with back extensions already like we're still building the hell out of that thing have have you done the reverse hyper on the 45 degree no i haven't so just hold the side of the foot plate up the thigh pad high and that one actually even better than the ghd you get more range of motion so they actually get a lot of the traction they you will feel retarded but just just try it tonight trust me like you'll blow up your back just like a reverse hyper i'm like that you can you can do like your sets of 50 to 100 for most kids with no weight is already really hard you do that on there telling you it'll work yeah okay like because when i was in new york i didn't have any of the equipment like when i was working with um you know joe lasco the staff Um, on west side i've heard i've heard of him and i'm sure i follow him on instagram what's he goes by special strength yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he just put some gold on his story yesterday. So he was my coach when I was playing. And when we were in, when I was in New York, all I had specialty-wise was GHD, 45-degree safety bar, and band, pa- band peg um, deadlift platform. So we would do reverse hypers all the time on that GHD. But more often than not, it would be sets of 30, 50, or 100. And, like, same thing on the 45-degree back extension. Like, yeah, you feel ridiculous, but – I knowing now that reverse hyper as far as the light the high reps up it feels basically the same. So like yeah. especially if they're stronger, you just add ink, like just add ankle weights. Oh, they get used to okay, add ankle weights. So all of a sudden it becomes a big challenge, you know. Because yeah. really you're using it for the kids more for the traction base. Because I feel like with the heavy weight it takes them a while to get good at you know controlling and pausing at the top with heavy weight. So if you're really using it for the high rep work, just use your GHD and your 45 degree back. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's sounds save like you money, there, dude. That's what I was unit. leaning toward. Yeah. Oh my god, I got a new. I gotta get a Tendo unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I when, when we're doing anything speed, like like I said, we're just doing a month of speed right now. I'm just eyeballing. Like I want it to look fast. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think like you said, if they're seeing that number, they're just gonna automatically <clears> push <throat> harder. It just also makes your job easier than yelling. Like that's yeah. one less thing you got to yell about faster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for sure down the road. Definitely. I just gotta, I can't wait to get that jump, Matt. I cannot wait. <laughs> got any, got anything else for me? Um, no, let's see. No, I think that's about it. Um, just want to say thank you for doing this podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, a I've been listening to it for a while now. So actually, I think the first one I listened to was yours with Unbridled Strength, JC. Okay, yeah. And uh, he's actually a lot of what inspired me to do this. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I saw his – I was like, man, who's got this badass shipping lot. container? Yeah, shipping container. Yeah, yeah doing <laughs> conjugate. And I'm like, like I clicked on I don't know him, how like, he shit. gets – I don't know, understand how he can do that, though. That's, I've always, I've always oh. wondered that. How the well, fuck does he know. do that? So I saw it and I was just like, I was like, shit, man, where, where's this guy? Cause it looked kind of <laughs> looked similar. And then sure enough, he's in Utah, like, like an hour and a half away and that, or like an hour. And I, at the time I was like, 
I was like, I can't believe he's pulling this off here in Utah. Cause I had been following like, like you guys or, you know, Grindhouse or I don't know, quite a few other like youth training centers, Wyndham County. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, he's the first person I saw doing conjugate cha- training for youth kids in the state that I live in. Mm-hmm. And, and so he was a big inspiration of what he's doing. So that was the actual first podcast of yours I listened to. And then mm-hmm. I saw you had all these other names on there, people I've been watching already. And I was like, damn, this guy's got some, <laughs> guy's got some sick people on here, but, but you're right with JC, uh, dude, I did not know how he's doing it down there sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, cause those kids, like, like my kids, they, it'll be cold in the gym. Cause I live in like one car garage, but I put a heater in there and, yeah. and it'll, so when it's 20 degrees outside, like it'll be like 45, 50, 55 in the gym, but yeah. he's got them little savages down there lifting shit. It's like 15 degrees outside still. And there's like, I'm like, dude, I, my I kids remember, not do that. They would complain. Yeah. I, I remember one time I went to lift in my garage before I had a heater at like four in the morning. Cause I usually train in the mornings, and there was like ice on my bar. And I was like, this, I, I was trying to squat and I remember I was so cold. I was like, I could see my breath while I was squatting. I was like, this ain't it. So that's why Nate I, Harvey wears gloves. When yeah. Invention. Yeah. I end up if I, cause I lift. Yeah. When I lift in the mornings, I end up having to wear gloves for like the first 30 minutes or something like that. And then once <laughs> everything bars warm up and my hands warm up and all that, I'm fine. But it's like, it's pretty hard to squeeze a bar that's like 25 degrees right now. So hats off to JC because he's yeah like he inspired me a lot and and what he's doing out there is pretty badass. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and all your plugs and all your links. Um, so basically Instagram. So custom built strength on Instagram. That's the name of my gym. Um, I'm not really active on Facebook, and then I'm working on getting a website developed, but haven't got to that yet. So. Just go follow me on Instagram and you can see a lot of our training videos. Check out what we're doing or hit me up if you have any questions. All right, man. It's been a pleasure. Right. Thanks, Khalil. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Catch yes, you later. All right, man. All right, bye. Well, that's all she wrote for this episode, people. As always, give it a thumbs up. Subscribe. Leave a review. Share it with your friends. DM me if you know a coach or you are a coach that would like to come on the pod um, to spread that good knowledge. Um, link tree in the bio on my Instagram. That's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D for pre-ordering the book, for uh, ordering the, the all the different downloadables for the seminar that we just had this December. Um, for online training, just DM me or Smart Strength Official since I'm working with them. It's a good partnership with them, with Jacob and uh, Tom and all the rest of the crew. And uh, if you ever have any questions, just shoot me a, shoot me a DM and, or, or girl. Um, and as always, stay clean. Peace.